Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm coming for all of you! Right now, there's a 15-year-old sophomore in high school who has no idea they're studying nursing just so they can wipe my ass in 17 years. I'm 50 and single. That's a fantastic combination. I'm going to spend my golden years dating a handful of spit and a jug of Astroglide. Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. I'm going to say this, folks, to start the show. Hey, Rory, how are you? Now, do I think Rory's listening at all? Do I think you'll ever hear me say those words on this show? Absolutely fucking not. There's no way Rory's tuning in to check that out. However, I told him I would say it, and now I am not a liar, goddammit. Because here's what happens sometimes, folks, in your life, when you're, uh, you know, an Uber driver by night, but a podcasting superstar by, fuck, I couldn't even say it, a podcasting superstar by day... Inevitably, you'll get people in your car and they'll sit down and they'll be like, hey, hi, and I'll go, hi, and then I'll give them the speech about the heat and the air conditioning and the windows, and then I'll tell them if they want to change the radio or the music, and then uh, it's a small percentage, but there's certainly a percentage every single night of people who go, hey, you have a radio voice. You should work in radio. And, of course, my standard answer to that is, well, you should tell this town. Please feel free to call uh, Captain of Show Business and tell him that you've got a radio guy right here in the car. And not radio, by the way. I don't want to work in radio. I mean, I would. Fuck that. Of course I would. Because I'll tell you what. Don't, don't think that I don't drive around all the fucking time listening to radio uh, satellite radio, certainly, but still radio. And I think to myself, I could fucking do that. Like, even talk radio, like ESPN and all that kind of shit, dude. Just get me in there throwing fucking bombs, talking shit about the NFL and everything else. That's the guy I should be. I should be doing, you know, maybe I just do that. Maybe every week I do a different podcast on a different topic. Because uh, God knows I can't get Rory to listen to this one. Maybe I, hey, maybe Rory's related to Corey. You ever think about that? Wasn't Corey the Depeche Mode dude? I got Corey in Depeche Mode, Rory in my Uber telling me he's going to listen. I'll tell you what, if Maury Amsterdam comes back from the grave, we know the show he's going to ignore. Certainly this one. Uh, Corey, Rory, and Maury. That, you know, that's the podcast they need to start. Although I, I go Rory, Corey, and Maury because I've actually met Rory. And Corey was, uh, he was just a sign in the window. And Maury is a dead guy from the 60s, uh, who I'm sure I, other people love. And I, he's one of those borscht belt idiots who's out there eating liver and onions and telling bad jokes about his mother-in-law. Get the fuck out of here, Maury Amsterdam. Stay dead. You and your ghost. Fuck that. I got no, I can do this for you. I'm going to call the Ghostbusters. Maury Amsterdam, you ever show up? I'm calling the male Ghostbusters. I'm calling the chick Ghostbusters. I'm calling the cock Ghostbusters. I'm calling the pussy Ghostbusters. They're going to team up. And they're gonna master blast you back into the fucking uh, realm with Slimer. You got you'll eat hot dogs in a hallway, and then you get fucking thrown by hot dogs in a hallway. That's like a, that's like a porn thing, right? It's like fuck. It was like sticking a hot dog in a hallway. It's when you fuck a girl with a giant pussy. Uh, and, and by the way, I didn't coin that phrase. Don't fucking yell at me. I just know I've heard it before. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, which says a lot more about the guy with the hot dog, quite frankly. Because uh, a hot dog, take that thing out of the package and look at it. 
uh, girth-wise, you're doomed, man. That's not fucking swinging at all. You got you got nothing. You're working no. She doesn't have a hallway. That's like, you know what it is. That's like throwing a a, a fucking hot dog down a uh, I can't even a, a sink drain. No, because that'd fit perfectly. Yeah, you know what? If you took out your little plug stopper there in your drain and you took a hot dog in there and you just was like, yeah, oh yeah, fuck yeah, ha, fuck that sink hot dog. <laughs> Fuck that sink, hot dog. You know, that's going to come after Rory, Corey, and Maury. Uh, look at me. I'm building a whole summer schedule. These are all summer replacement shows for the 40-year-old boy. We're going on hiatus. I don't know if I've told you guys this. But tune in for weekly viewings with Rory, Corey, and Maury, and then fuck that sink, hot dog. Oh, that's going to be great. And remember last week when we had a fat fucker at the bottom of a bog? Dude, this, I got all sorts of shows. Do me a favor. Somebody, I, I'm alone again now because I'm, I'm in Los Angeles. I was earlier in San Francisco at the Fearful Jesuit Compound. Although I'll tell you this, he was no help at all picking names for the fucking show. Uh, you normally, ideally, when I do these shows, if a listener's in the in the realm of my uh, orbit, whatever the fuck you want to call it, if they're in the fucking room, I guess is what you'd say, uh, they would be there, and then they would kind of be taking notes, and they would be thinking, like, Maki did it, she, you know, everybody pays attention, but the thing's also, uh, it's a goddamn laugh riot, and then everybody realizes just how hard Lily's job was, because I was knocking her on her ass with laughter, and then she couldn't work the fucking Sharpie and the yellow legal pad, she'd have one possible name, and I go, there were like five different names, she's like, oh, I was busy wiping tear out of my eye. Uh, because not multiple. She had one tear and one eye. I was busy wiping tear out of my eye. Why did I say that like an like a fucking Indian weird Native American guy? Oh, he me me wiped tear out of eye. Uh, what was that voice? That was almost like a Frankenstein voice. Although he didn't really talk, did he? No, he threw that chick in the fucking lake. Uh, it was the chick. She's eight. Probably shouldn't call her a chick yet. She didn't even get to grow up to be a chick, and that's why they fucking hate Frankenstein. And I know it's a tragedy, and we all feel bad for him because he didn't know any better, and she's throwing flowers, and he thought it would make her happy, and he tosses her into the fucking drink, but then she drowns. And then, dude, talk about an old fucking movie with scary nonsense. Then the old guy, doesn't he carry in the corpse of his sister, or do- I'm his sister, his daughter, and go, hey, uh, this fucking uh, Boris Karloff Frankenstein threw this in there, the monster. And then they find him with torches, and he runs around, and he's scared. Uh, and then we all but we empathize with him because he was just, see, uh, you know, Frankenstein's just a big... It's a big metaphor for autism. Frankenstein's just a big autistic guy built out of dead people parts, certainly, but still autistic. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe autistic people have some sort of dead gene in them. I don't want to speculate about the autism people because, again, I'm not a medical professional. As I've mentioned, I'm an Uber driver and I'm a friend of Rory's. Uh, when I say a friend, what that means is Rory climbed into my vehicle, and uh, like I said, it happens a couple times a night where somebody says about the radio, and then I'll tell them I have the radio voice or whatever, so I'll tell this town, and uh, but some people then will pursue it, and they'll say to me, hey, uh, well, do you, you ever do that? You ever think about doing something like that? And then, you know, then the bad stuff starts, because then it's the weird conflict, okay? It's the conflict of me not wanting to tell people what I do because I'm right then an Uber driver and telling them I'm a comedian or any of that bullshit is a non-starter because right now all I am is a fucking chauffeur. So to go ahead and say, well, you know, the thing is I am a stand-up and I have been for 25 years. You're just opening the fucking window for somebody to get one of those boxing gloves on the extendo arm and just punch you in the face with, oh, you must be really great at it if 25 years later you're driving a fucking Uber because they don't realize the fucking gamble of show business and the coin flip the whole thing is. And also they don't realize that I hide from any sort of success or any sort of effort. So that's another thing. And you know, you know, it depends on how long the ride is. If we have a long enough ride, I will tell you there's a reason I'm not successful and it's sitting in the front seat here driving. That's it. I, I literally, there's a reason I, I'm in the business as much as I am and there's also a reason I'm not in the business any deeper than I than I am now or as deep as I should be because I don't put any effort into it. And that's why, again, I do a chimp job like driving people around for 12 hours on a Saturday. But leave it to Rory to step up and make me feel like a guy who wants to go ahead and talk about this. So sure enough, 
Rory's like, well, what's, because I say, well, look, I, you know, well, he goes, well, what do you do? And I go, I do what everybody else in town does. Well, what's that? I go, well, I do stand up and I'm a writer. And I, you know, I go, you know what podcasts are? That's always my lead. Yo, yeah, you know what podcasts are? And young people are like, yes. And old people are like, I don't know what you're saying. Eyes on the road, Sonny. Um, because I drive a lot of old, old people. <laughs> what if I did? A lot of grandfathers using Uber. It, I will tell you, that really freaks me out. Because I do drive a bunch of fucking, like, young people. And that makes sense. Because they, you know, they created Uber. All these millennials and all that shit. And I told you, they're all, hey, we're not going to drive anymore. We're going to get driven around by strangers. And, oh, my God, wouldn't it be great if I got passed out and somebody finger-banged me in the ass? You know, it wouldn't. That at all. Because they're hiring felons. Avoid Uber at all costs. Unless you get me. Because I'm the fucking best. But everybody else is terrible. Oh, my, my star rating went down this week from 493 to 492. I, I can't. I must see who said bad things about me. Rory, you fuck. Was it you, sir? You know, because maybe here's the thing. Maybe these people who ask about what I do and I tell them I do comedy and it's too easy for me to rely on Uber and go ahead and not make an effort. Maybe they're rating me low so then I'll get the effort and it'll be a kick in the ass that I need to go back out and start doing open mics and start doing comedy again. Hey, you know what? Maybe these people care that much about me in that seven minute ride where they realize, you know what? This motherfucker is funny. He's got the solid pipes. He should be out there doing this fucking thing, right? So why don't I go ahead and rate him a one so Uber kicks him off the fucking platform and tells him, you know what? This is the thing for you, pal. You got to go out and make your way in the world. Not understanding that I've already given it 25 years in the comedy minds. I've got my pick sharpened. I'm bearing it into the wall and looking for diamonds and I find them. Don't kid yourself. I find the diamonds. Listen to last week's show. Listen to the show before that. Do not listen to the show three shows before that. I said off the top of my head, but I could be wrong, but I think that was episode reset and what a fucking mess. What a woe is me fucking bullshit. That's my also great fear. I like picking people up and telling them I'm an Uber or I'm a podcast dude when I do a great show. Like, if I've got a great show in the pipeline, I'm like, hey, guess what? Get out there and pick that up and check that show out because I'm the fucking man. And it'll show you that that's really my true calling, not this driving you around and talking to you nonsense. However, if there's a week where I'm like, boo-hoo, everything's hurting, I'm sad, then I don't want to tell anybody to do that fucking show because then they're like, oh, this is why he's an Uber driver because he's a fucking depressed mess and he can't fucking climb out of his own goddamn head. So... That's why I hope Rory's here now, because look, I see, I don't know, I've given him, you know what, I'm giving him a mix. Uh, they put me in the mix, they would say. But I, I think uh, Rory, if he listened, because here's the thing, he's, he asked me right away, he's like, what do you do? I told him, and he goes, oh my gosh, well, well you have a podcast, that's great. Uh, and he said, I just listened to Joe Rogan's podcast in the house. I'm like, well, and that's, again, that's where I get my cachet, it's not by saying I'm a podcaster, because everybody in the fucking world's a podcaster, but I get my cachet by going, oh yeah, you know, I'm actually, I'm trying to get on Joe's show, I've been trying for a while. And he's like, oh, and but also everybody in the world is trying to get on. But I said to him, I did a show called Comedy Film Nerds, he goes, I know that show. I said, all right, I was on like a month ago and I actually met Red Band. He was there. Uh, I talked to him and, the, and he's like, oh my God, you met Red Band? And, uh, and so then you get cachet because you tell them basically they realize you're, you're not lying or you made an effort. Or then again, I, I could be totally lying. I mean, I just said I met Red Band. That doesn't mean anybody could have met fucking Red Band. Anybody could say they did anything. But thankfully, Rory, uh, he when, when pressed, I had answers. Because he's like, oh my gosh, you know, you, you want to do Joe Rogan? I go, I do. I go, you know, I was on, uh, I actually did Mark Maron's show and I did Corolla's show a couple of years ago. And it's, uh, it's so Joe's like the show that I would really like to get on. And he's like, oh my God, you would be so great on there. And in my head, I'm like, uh, Rory, what makes you think that? Honestly, no offense. I Because I think I would be great on there. There's clearly no doubt about that. But Rory, you, you've known me maybe, maybe 180 seconds. I, that's what I'm going to guess. No, nah, that's a lie. It was my, more like six minutes. Uh, six minutes. Uh, six minutes, Dougie Fresh, you're on. Uh, uh, on. Uh, 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 on. Take that, Rory. There's a reference you'll never get because you were a kid. Or are a kid. I hope you didn't die. Oh, my God. What if you were you were a kid when you rode in my car and then you passed away? And now your Rory's ghost is just floating around and watching me do podcasts and going, I, I would have supported you. <laughs> that seems loud. All right. So, uh, but Rory, like I said, a lot of people, when they find out, they ask me questions, they talk about podcasting, but then they don't 
because again, it's this town, man. Nobody wants to fucking really hear what you do, and nobody wants your. But when somebody asks my last name, I know they're about to Google me in the car, which is uh, fun and interesting. So if someone goes, he's like, oh my god, what's your last name? And I said, Mike Schmidt. I go, but you know, you have to Google Mike Schmidt comedy because you Google Mike Schmidt, you're going to get Mike Schmidt, the baseball player. And there's a million other things. You have to wade through those. And, uh, and he, to Rory's credit, he put it in. He goes, he goes, no, it came right up. I put in Mike Schmidt. And you're like, the, you're like the third. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. And then he, uh, as I'm, you know, I'm driving and he holds the phone up and he shows me there's little Schmitty. And he goes, is that you? And I said, that is me. And he goes, oh my God, that's amazing. And he starts scrolling through the website, starts looking for things. And he goes, what do you talk about on the show? And I said, well, you know, uh, it, that's a tricky thing. And he goes, well, who's on Like, who's on with you? Like, how many guests do you have on at a time? And I go, you know, I just have me. He's like, what? I said, yeah, just me. He goes, how do you, what do you mean just you? I said, well, that's just the way it is. I go, well, you know, the show started out, it was on. And then I go, then if, the, if he cares, I go, look, I have a backstory if you want to hear it. And the person will say, I'll, yo, oh my God, yes. So then I tell him it's never not funny and then getting fired and sitting out for a year. This has to be a really long car ride, by the way. Otherwise, I skip to the chase and I just go, yeah, it's just me talking about my life. I used to have a producer, but now she's gone. And now it's just me sitting in a fucking room talking to myself. Uh, and and the, the thing that I like, that I want, the thing I'm looking for is for someone to go, holy fuck, that sounds hard. Like, that's really... Oh, and that makes my night. I don't. I don't give a fuck if you even think I'm funny or I'm good at it or whatever. Because uh, and, and, again, you could make the leap and just go, "Oh, you're by yourself." Well, you must not have any friends or co-hosts or whatever the fuck. Uh, and I get that. I would see that totally if you went ahead and made that jump. But what I like is when people go, "Jesus Christ, how the fuck do you talk by yourself?" Like I wouldn't. Even, I couldn't even talk with like another dude. Uh, and then I just go, "Well, I don't know. That's just the way it's always been." And I, I go, you know. You, and by the way, <laughs> and I always throw in, I go, "By the way, you might fucking hate it." Like, you might give it a chance, and you'll just be like, holy shit, this is awful, uh, because you don't want to hear one guy talking, for fuck's sake. I go, but, you know, I had a producer for a while, and she was kind of an audience, and it made it easier for me to spin off, but this year's been kind of an adjustment. And then they're like, you know, then it's the nuts and bolts, and nobody fucking cares, uh, except Rory. Rory was right there, and he was like, oh, okay, great. He goes, so what show, like, if you were going to recommend a show, and I go, I'll tell you what, this is a good week to get on board. I said, if, and here's the deal, Rory. If you go and you listen to this show, and I go, but the thing is, I got to tell you, it's about two hours, it's almost three hours long. And he's like, what? I go, yeah, it's about three hours. He goes. Well, Rogan shows like four hours sometimes, but I mean, he's got guests and I go, yeah. He goes, so it's just you for three hours. I go, it is. And he's like, how does that work? I go, dude, I don't know. I couldn't explain it to you. I said, I just open up a microphone and I start fucking talking. I kind of talk till I'm done. Sometimes I'm done early. Sometimes I'm done late. Most of the times I'm done late. And uh, he was very nice. And he goes, all right, well, I'll look it up because, but I don't know. Yeah. Jesus Christ, three hours. And I go, yeah, I, it's a weird window. And I, I, you know, I, I've been on shows before where they try to keep it to an hour and they try to keep it in the time that someone would have to commute. Um, but my show is more of a book than a movie. That's just the way it is. It's just, and he also, I said that also we have a YouTube channel. If you want to jump in there, they've got all these different fucking stories. All the shows are there and you can start from the beginning. And I go, Rory, look, I'll tell you what, if you listen and you like it, or you want to give feedback, send me a note. You'll fucking find my website. You can link, and, and, and I said to him, uh, if you wanted the audio files, I'll send them to you, but they're on YouTube and you can grab them. And he was genuinely interested. Again, please don't think that I'm shoving myself down this guy's throat. Uh, which sounds really, really hot. But at the same time, uh, it wasn't like I was like, oh my God, and another thing, I do this and I do comedy and you got to come see my show and blah, blah, no, no, you know me. I was more like, uh, yeah, dude, if you, if this interests you, cause he only, only because he Googled me and he kept asking questions. That was the only reason I kept answering things. But the bottom line was I said, uh, I said, Rory, you know, he goes, how many often do you show, do a show? I go, I do a show every week. I said, this is, we're actually in the 10th year. He goes, you've done a show every week for 10 years. I said, nah, give or take like 10 weeks, maybe 15 weeks. I go, we do clips and stuff like that. Sometimes I go, sometimes I've had the flu. I go in a, in a, you know, I have to throw in a fucking greatest hit show. I said, but if you go in and listen, I go, certainly the last five weeks are, have been up and they're good. And I go, these last two weeks were killer shows. And if you want to listen, that's great. And he goes, you know what? I might listen. Uh, I go, plus, I'll tell you what, if you don't listen until later this week, 
uh, you know, the, the new show comes out on Thursday morning. And he goes, will you say hi to me? And I said, pardon me? He goes, say hi to me. Will you say hi to me on the new show? And I said, I, um, are you, do you swear you're going to listen to this thing? Like, I mean, are you on Facebook or anything? He goes, yeah. I go, all right, you're going to have to post in the, there's a fan club page. He goes, you have a fan club? And I'm like, oh my God, yes. I, it's ridiculous to say, but yes, I have a website. I have a fan club. I have a podcast. I have all of these things that, uh, that a guy like Rory is impressed by. And that made me happy. Because again, like I said, a lot of the times people hear I do a podcast and they're like, oh, that's great. They didn't even ask my name. They shut the fuck up because they think I'm going to go ahead and give them a fucking spiel. And little do they know that the last thing I ever want to do is tell them that I'm good or they should listen to me. Because, the, well, you guys all know that because you've been around fucking forever. But uh, I'm not going to tell some stranger, you must listen. I'm really good. Because if I was that kind of guy, I wouldn't be driving them around in the first fucking place because I'd be off telling strangers in fucking dark rooms, hey, look how hilarious I am. Uh, which I need to do going forward, right? That's the thing that we've all discussed. Then I should go ahead and get back on stage. And I'm gonna soon. Uh, but, but anyway, the point is, as I've now rambled fucking forever about a guy I've met once who probably isn't even fucking listening. I guarantee you, I, I'm, I'm fucking guaranteeing it. Uh, but he's not going to leave it at the Joker's page. He, I told him to email me. He's never going to do that. And, and I don't know why I'm pining away. Like this is some sort of missed grinder connection. I mean, it's just, it's just a dude who was in the car who was like, can you know why? Because I feel like if I get tricked into telling you that much about me, then you can at least give it a fucking day in court. And maybe he fucking hates it. You know, I don't know. Maybe he just fucking disappears because I haven't heard from him since. And this was what? Sunday? Sunday. Happy days. (laughs) Monday, Tuesday. All right. Thursday, Friday. Uh, And then the weekend comes rocking all week with you. Um, Anyway... Uh, so it's not like it bothers me, but what bothers me about it is that I actually go to all the effort. Like if you ask me a bunch of questions and you want to talk about it and you actually Google the website, you find that, you find the podcast, you start to play it out loud on your phone. And then you hear that my voice matches that voice. Uh, then you're like, oh, wow, that is you. And I'm like, well, of course it's me. Why would I lie? Like that's my favorite part of the depths it would take for him to Google me. Like at what point would I stop him if I was lying? I'm, I'm claiming to have a podcast that does pretty well. It's done 10 years. Then I give him my name. He actually sees the photo. He sees the little Schmitty who looks like me. He looks up my website. Then he goes into the podcast app for iTunes. Then he finds like little Schmitty there in the little year 10 photo. He goes, is that you? I go, it is. And then uh, he plays it. And then my voice kicks in and he goes, after the theme song. And he even goes, he goes, oh my God, you have a theme song? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, and then the voice starts. He goes, that is you. And I'm like, yes, it is. Where would I lie? How would I have lied? And, and what, at what point were we playing this fucking weird ass podcast liar poker roulette where I'm going to, I'm going to wait till the voice kicks in. I'm going to let the fucking theme song go. Cause it's, I just, am I just pressing down on the gas, hoping to get him to his stop before he finds out that I'm a charlatan and I made up the fact that I have some mid-level podcast. How fucking weird would that be? Hey, I've been doing stand up for 25 years and I've had a podcast for 10 Really? I'm going to look it up. Oh, okay. What's your name? Mike Schmidt. Oh, like Mike Schmidt. Yeah, but Mike Schmidt. All the fucking speech about Mike Schmidt comedy. And like it's it's patterned and rehearsed. But I guess, you know what? A really good liar has his own fucking story rehearsed. So I, I suppose maybe, I don't think, I don't think Rory was bluff calling. There's no way he's bluff calling. But at the same fucking time, it was just so, it was cute to see his wonderment every time something would happen. Oh my God, you have a theme song. Oh my God, you have a website. And then he's like, oh my God, that is you. When my voice kicked in. Uh, and then he listened and I, and I even said, I'm like, are you going to listen? We, we got four more minutes. Are you going to listen to it? You should really listen to it from the beginning. And he's like, I'm gonna. And I'm like, all right. And he goes, but will you say hi to me on the next week's show? I'm like, uh, yes. I go, but what if you wind up hating this week's show? He goes, oh, there's no way, dude. You're a cool guy. You seem like a really cool dude. I'll bet I like it. I go, well, t- t- talk to me in hour three. One, once it kicks over into two and a half hours, two hours and 50 minutes, and then you're just like, meh. Uh, I go, but if you want, what you do when you listen, you go ahead and write me and I'll send you, uh, like on YouTube, I'll show you the links to episodes that were kind of like a big deal or the, my favorites. And uh, and he, again, he was a sweet kid. He was very nice. I have no idea if he's listening, but if he is, hi, Rory. 
Uh, and, and if you're not listening, fuck you, Rory, for putting me through all that rigmarole and jumping through the hoops because the last fucking thing I ever want to do is tell anybody about me or what I do or how good I am. As we all know, I fucking, I'm just, I'm just Punxsutawney Schmidt. That's who the fuck I am. I hide in the dirt until one day a year they pull me out. I look to see if I see my podcasting shadow and everybody goes, he does have a shadow. Oh my God, that's so cool. Hey, that is you. That's so good. And then I run away. I hide in a hole again for another fucking year until four more top hat dudes come out and pull me out. And then Bill Murray eats 47 pounds of pancakes. Fuck man. Punxsutawney Schmidt can't can't be bothered. I can't be coming out every goddamn day and going, ha ha, check out the shadow. Because seriously, if Punks and Tony Phil comes out every day and goes, shadow, everybody's like, fuck you, rat. That's it. Nobody, he's a groundhog on that day because they pull him out. They give him a bunch of cool ass groundhog food. He sees a shadow. Like I said, all the monocles pass him around. They all touch him on the groundhog ass, give him a little spank. And then he goes back into his like cushy environs. And f- he's gone for a year. You don't think about Punks and Tony Phil for a goddamn year. Now, conversely, if Punks and Tony Phil came out every fucking day and he was like, bah ha ha, shadow, you'd just be like, fuck you, rat. Get out of my face. It's already sunny. Summer is here. And the time is right for killing groundhogs in the fucking streets. So stand out of my fucking way, rat. Uh, so that's why I can't. That's why I'm on Punks and Tony Schmidt. I come out once a year and I go, hey, or once a week. We'll make it once a week. I come out once a week and I'm like, hey, this is a show and it's funny and I do this. And then I tunnel back into the earth and nobody hears from me. It's just me and the mole people and a bunch of dead guys as we tunnel through the dirt and we occasionally come next to a coffin and we have to go underneath it. Uh, because God knows I don't want to smash into a coffin and I'm not going over it. You had to go under a coffin. Although that's, you know what? Now that I think about it, I've been doing this all wrong. When I dig through the subterranean tunnels with the mole people and we come upon a coffin, we always tunnel under it that's no good that's no bueno because you know what the fucking coffin then is gonna break it's gonna fucking because we dig through like the middle kind of right so that just leaves an unbearable amount of dirt in the middle of the coffin and it's just gonna snap the whole fucking thing in half and it's gonna crack and then it's just you're, you're the ground is filled with bones bones look at the bones uh and we can't have that you can't have a ground full of bones that's why they put them in a box otherwise we just throw people into the fucking sewer drain and let them fucking rot you know what maybe that's a good move you know, we should do that. Let's start building houses instead of digging graves. That's, that's my platform as I run for fucking mayor or governor or whoever the fuck. Let's start building houses and stop digging graves. Well, what do we do with the dead, Mike? Well, here's what I say. Throw them in a sewer grate. Like, throw them in a ditch. And not a sewer grate like it the clown. I mean, like a, one of those fucking big-ass pipes where a, a drifter will often hide in a, in a movie from Florida. Uh, you know what? It's a movie where... Isn't there a song? There's a fucking uh, Ray LaMontagne song. Uh, Jolene. You know that song? He wakes up like in the grass and he's got blood in his hair. Uh, and he's, yeah, blood, something in his mouth and blood in his hair, I think. I don't know the words off the top of my head. Uh, but I know it's Jolene. Not the, not the Jolene, not the fucking uh, Dolly Parton Jolene. And by the way, Dolly Parton, holy fuck. Here's the thing, dudes. I used to always think, when I was a kid, I used to think that I was going to rail Dolly Parton. Like, I don't know what it was. Some people want to be lawyers. <laughs> Some people have goals in their life. They're going to go to college. I, in my brain, I always like, I'm going to fucking rail Dolly Parton. I have no idea why that was a possibility. Because I've talked on here before about, like, Pam Anderson and chicks like that and fucking Ann Margaret. And you're like, oh, I'll meet them on the way down. But Dolly Parton, for some reason, that was just, uh, that that was, I hate to say it, that that was my Mount Rushmore. That was my uh, or my white whales. I guess you'd say. Uh, but there was something about her. Where she was, and it, I think we all know what it is. I mean, it's uh, what they are, I suppose. When you're a kid, certainly that's the appeal. But I also, like, not only, here's the, this will sound really weird. Um, I thought Dolly Parton would be really nice to me. Not just, you know, even as a kid, like, I wanted to have sex with her and see her naked. There was this animal, weird animal desire. But also, there was a, a part of me that just, I, I literally wanted to lay my head between her tits and just have her, like, stroke my hair and just go, aww. You know what I mean? I, and I thought she would do it because she seemed so sweet and nice and, like, the the world's 
best girlfriend. Doesn't Dolly Parton just seem like the world's best girlfriend? And I know people are out there going to be like, oh, she's trashy and she got wigs and she got weird fucking nails. Yes, yes. But she cops to it and she admits it and she's like, hey, this is who I want to be. And then I, f- I just found out recently, get this, Dolly Parton apparently, from what I've heard, she's got tattoos like all over her body. Like, how weird is that? Because she comes out dressed in, like, normal clothing and stuff like that because she always got long sleeves on. Or she'll wear, like, a slit skirt but not too much showing. And apparently, like, she's inked up all over the goddamn place. So Dolly Parton, as sweet as she is, as America's girlfriend as she is, when you get her naked, not only are you staring at two fucking perfect tits, but at the same time, you're fucking an MS-13 gang member. How fucking great is that? You're going to work on a chick who looks like she took a blood oath. I can't fucking wait to do that, man. Just fucking put those little tiny feet on my shoulders and then just fucking, I, I'm sure she's got those, oh, she might have those, like, uh, the, the stockings, you know, the little bow tie stockings on the back of her thighs. Woof. I gotta admit, I'm a fan of that tattoo. That's a good look. We get a lot of that. And when I would go to the fucking tees all the time, there'd be girls and they'd have that like stocking, the black stocking line tattooed down the back of their legs with the fucking bow at the top. <laughs> Yikes. How you, and don't stare. Here's the thing. Stop staring. Cause I, I, and I don't stare. I didn't stare for a long time. And then I would stare, uh, but I'd hide in the dark to stare because that's what you got to do. You got to avoid it. You got to go away. So people don't see you staring. Uh, and that's what would happen. Now I'll tell you what, at my gym the other day, I, I mean, it, I was, you know, I'm lifting it. I mean, I was killing it fucking lifting in the gym, man. And I felt good about it. Something, what was that noise? Holy fuck. Did something fall? Sound like something fell on my desk. Uh, <laughs> hey, Rory, here's how professional this show is. We just heard a noise and I addressed it on the air. Instead of just talking past it and having a producer take care of it, there's nobody else here but me, man. So if I hear that noise, I got to acknowledge it because you heard that noise and it makes me feel weird that there was a fucking noise. So this is how we do things, Rory. We include everybody. I, t- I say everybody's name out loud. Everybody who comes in, uh, my new friend Jen from Houston who just waved at me on Facebook. I don't know who she is, but uh, it was nice of her to wave at me. And then I answered her wave. I was like, hi. I said, hey, Jen, how are you? And now she wrote me back and I got to write her. And now we're having a dialogue, me and Jen from Houston. Which is fine. I enjoy talking to people from named Jen from Houston. I, I'll talk to people from named Jen from anywhere. I'll talk to anybody from Houston. I'll talk to anybody out there. Because like I said, I'm looking for friends. I'm looking for pals. Last week, I went to the Fearful Jesuit Compound. I recorded a show. It was fantastic. I was there. The next day, I fucking, uh, he went to work. And then I wound up fucking, 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 fucking. I took the BART. <laughs> took the BART to the airport. Flew home. Uh, and then I've lived here and I've Ubered. I feel, I'm feeling like a grown-up. I'm feeling good these days. I was telling Shannon on Monday. I don't know what the fuck it is. But uh, but with Cincinnati coming up and then other shows that I've booked and scheduled that I can't announce just yet because i got to figure out exactly what the fucking format's going to be and all this other kind of stuff. I'm starting to feel like a, like a kind of a, a grown-up, accomplished performer type person. So I think it's just a matter of time until Dolly Parton knocks on the door and goes, all right, let's go. Why, you, you, why want you to throw ropes all over my ankle? Let's fucking get this done, big shooter. Let's take care of it. Uh, I don't know if she's going to call me big shooter. That seems weird. But she probably would request ropes on her ink uh, because I understand that she's, because that's another thing about her. She's all sweet and happy and uh, nails and wigs and fucking ink all over the goddamn place. But I'll, I'll bet she's just a fucking maniac right in the sack. And I've also, I've heard those rumors too, that she was like, uh, she was in love with her assistant. Like she, you know, cause you always hear that about like Oprah and Gail King, like the two of them might just be fucking scissor sisters and that's fine. And I got no problem with that. Go ahead and do that. You guys want to go ahead and be uh, greater than less than I enjoy yourselves. I got, I think it's fantastic. Um, and if Dolly did that with her assistant for years, cause what was it? she was like married to Porter Wagner and then he beat the shit out of her. Uh, actually he didn't hit her. He just, he pummeled her to death with his suits. <laughs> she would open the trailer door and all of a sudden Porter Wagner would be like, ha ha, check out this Paisley in purple number and she'd get a fucking black eye and everybody like, you can't believe that Porter Wagner beats Dolly Parton? And it's like, no, she just happened to see his suit in the in the daylight. Like at night, they could turn the lights down and nobody was able to check out his fucking ridiculous herringbone pattern nonsense with a fucking glow-in-the-dark bow tie. Fuck Porter Wagner and his bullshit Don Sutton hair. You fucking weirdo. Got a Brillo pad on your head and that fucked up suit. And I mean, how do country people give that guy a pass? 
I don't understand it. And especially now with every fake country guy wearing like fake jeans and a fake beat up hat and like fucking denim. Everybody's got a chambray shirt like fucking Leno. But in the in the old days, fucking country dudes tarted it up. Look at Conway Twitty. Guy's got hair like a ski slope. Guy looks like fucking Paul Goble for fuck's sake. Jesus God, Conway Twitty. Uh, Charlie Pride? I don't think he looked. Yeah, he didn't look. He just looked normal. He was a black guy with a cowboy hat though. That was a little funky. Literally Charlie Pride and that idiot mayor from fucking sheriff from Milwaukee. Those are the only two dudes. You ever seen that fucking sheriff from Milwaukee? talking a bunch of shit about everybody, and then he put out a shirt, of, like a picture of himself with no shirt on, and he's flexing, and you're like, how's nobody beating the shit out of this fucking guy yet? I mean, he's like totally thin and skinny. Like, you should get fucking whammoed, man. You're a fucking pipe cleaner. Who the fuck do you think you are? And you're talking yang, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I like to trigger the libs with all their lib tears, and it's like, dude, you would... You, you wouldn't trigger fucking anything. You, you know, you take your shirt off and you just trigger a bunch of people who are like, you know what? This is like that old ad I saw where it's like Charles Atlas said, hey, does, are Mac kicking dirt in your face at the beach? I don't know what beach you're at, that there's dirt, but sand. But then I fucking, I, I don't even remember his name. It's like, I want to say, his name's like, this is terrible. Like, I want to say, I'm part of me went Mel Cooley and then I went Mel Tillis. And uh, I, I don't even know the fuck his name is. I don't know why, because I, th- I was thinking of... Uh, uh, fuck, who cares? He's a dick. That's it. He's killing people in his jail. Uh, and th- But then he sues people because they yell at him on the plane. Like, he's wearing a fucking hat, and they're like, ah, you stupid Milwaukee racist mayor, idiot, sheriff dude. And then he gets out, and he flexes his bony arm, and he has, like, five cops following him in the bathroom and check their IDs. Ah, oh, what a terrible place. Milwaukee, what a fucking... How does that guy even get to be sheriff there? How does he even get to stay there and live there? Get rid of that fucking guy. But also, at the same time... If you're a black dude in Milwaukee, eh, you got to probably kind of, it's got to be chameleon-esque. You got to adapt and just go ahead and be that person. Um, all right, see, Roy, this is the thing that happens. Sometimes we run into a wall. We go ahead and we fucking, we're talking about one thing. Look at this. We were talking, we had a pleasant discussion about Dolly Parton naked and me going down on her. And then the next thing you know, we're, we're, we're in a Milwaukee jail watching a woman starve to death because the fucking toothpick-armed sheriff won't give her a goddamn orange. The fuck is that guy's problem? Ah, oh, Christ. I don't feel good. Uh, I should tell you that, too, by the way. I'm a, I can't, I'm a little out of sorts right now, and here's why. Good dudes. Fuck, man. You know what I don't like? Here's a thing you know about me. Uh, but I'll tell you, when I tell you this, you're going to be like, holy shit, why'd you do that? Because you know me. Uh, dudes, I drank iced tea today. Oh, fuck. What the hell? Yeah, right? Because you know that's not me. And I, this is like fucking two hours ago, and it's still floating around the bag of dirt. And it's I mean, just, you know what? Chilling a bag of dirt does not make it ta- palatable. It's still disgusting. It tastes as bad as the dirt I would get into my mouth when me and the mole men are digging under coffins. Holy fuck, is it gross. Um, but I can't turn it down. It's it's not, it wasn't my choice. There's a restaurant by my house. Uh, I don't want to say the name of it, but it's a, uh, a Lebanese restaurant. And I enjoy the Lebanese tastes. For some reason, I was out and I was running errands. I had to pick up a quilt. From my, I, I, look, I'm getting sewing done. I, I am so fucking inept. I am such a fucking boy. I have to have, I have to go run to the dry cleaner and have them sew stuff. So they had to sew a blanket. They had to sew my hoodie, which started to tear. And then uh, I had to bring in another quilt to get sewn. Now, I probably think, I think the detective in you is probably thinking, Mike, why are you ripping all your quilts? Like, what the fuck's going on over there? Well, I'll tell you what. You get some she-devils in here. They bear their nails. Dolly Parton, she fucking just tore at the fucking ribbons. Aha, maybe this whole thing's a circuitous way to tell you. I just fucking railed Dolly Parton this week and she ruined all my bedding, which is fine. I got no problem with that. Although my bedding is ruined. Get this, my fucking bed frame is broke. My fucking bed frame is broken, and I and not on my side. This is so I know you're gonna be like, oh, what are you doing in there, Mike? 
well, look, I don't even jerk off in bed, so it's not on me. I mean, I've had other things happen in the bed, certainly, and I've gone to work on it. Thank God. It, and I will tell you this. Thank God it lasted as long as it did while I still had women in my life. But now that I'm flying solo for a while, now the bed breaks and that's fine. And uh, and so down will come baby cradle and all. <laughs> when the bed breaks, uh, the it, when the bow breaks, the cradle, oh, the cradle will fall. The bed will fall. Fuck. Couldn't even remember a goddamn nursery rhyme. Hi, Rory. Um, all right. So here's the deal. My bed uh, I, I got in bed the other day and I, uh, I sleep on the left-hand side exclusively, whether I'm with someone or solo. Very rarely will I make my way to the right side of the bed. It's weird, but I sleep on my side with my right arm at a straight line. Like it's under the other two pillows. That's, I know this sounds weird, but, uh, the, my pillows are directly under my head. And then my right arm is, is directly, so it's not under my body. It shoots straight out and it's underneath the two pillows on the right-hand side of the bed. And then, uh, I'll oftentimes have my knee up uh, my left knee because I'm on my uh, right side my left knee will be pulled up around uh, like near my chin I mean not pulled up it's not right at my chin I mean I'm flexible but not that fucking flexible I'm not going to sleep in a fucking position like that if I have to be like that in a jiu-jitsu class then I can make it happen but I'm not going to sleep with my knees under my fucking chin who the fuck am I Michael Stipe in a fucking in the in the uh the video fuck I can't believe I couldn't pull that goddamn video I think I thought I saw you try uh, if every whisper and every waking hour, I'm losing my fucking religion. There you go. God damn it. Cause there's that scene where he fucking, he like, doesn't he pull his knees up to his chin? Uh, but he's not sleeping. Uh, he should be sleeping. That's what Eddie Money would tell him. We should be sleeping. Eddie Money's a fucking nutbag. All right. And he's got a TV show. What the fuck, man? I'm here talking in a goddamn apartment to you guys. And Rory, who's now on board, he's now number 845 in the fan club. I'm sure he's going to join any time now. However, uh, I'm, I'm here talking to you guys and look at the cult following. I have 10 years of success. That's at least as much success as fucking REM had, right? Uh, or at least as much as any money he had when you go about that you want to go that road because he was 77 and then he had a re- renaissance in 87 because 77 is when uh, Two Tickets to Paradise came out and then 87 is when Take Me Home Tonight came out and then after that it was all county fairs and nonsense that's all he fucking did so I guess I got that to look forward to is what I'm predicting for myself after this year which is my renaissance year uh, now it's just county fairs I'm going to show up and talk to fucking nobodies I'm going to take a lot of private gigs and just cash in on my previous fame uh, Take Me Home Tonight yeah I don't know why I'm making it a swing song. All right, so here's the deal. Eddie Money, he's got a fucking TV show now. What is with, why is there any interest at all? Why? Why is there any interest at all in weird rock star with crazy kids? And I guess, I, again, I saw a commercial of it. All right, and here's, all right, here's my favorite part. It's on Axis TV. Now, look, Axis TV is looking to fill in the airwaves any possible way they can. They, they'll give you, they'll have some cool ass shows like classic albums. They'll show you how Rush did 2112 or, or you know, uh, Elton John did Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which is fantastic. I always loved that kind of thing. It was like VH1 used to do that fucking show where they, it would always wind up every single show. I don't care what album it was. I don't care. Every single show wound up with Todd Rundgren in dark sunglasses in a darkened room isolating Meatloaf's vocals. That's what happened in every one of those shows. I don't give a fuck what album it was. Hey, this is the first album from Paramore. Yeah, well, when we did uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, it's like somehow Rundgren would weasel his way in with his sunglasses in a dark fucking room with a candle and incense going, and he would isolate the vocals from fucking Bad Out of Hell. That's how it worked. That was the way, and I watched every goddamn time. I don't know who the fuck it was. I didn't care what album was getting made. Hey, here was Missy Elliott's first album. Oh, okay, well, let's, this is Meatloaf's part. Wait a second, how the fuck is Todd Rundgren? Todd Rundgren doesn't even know. Dude, Missy Elliott has never met anyone named Todd in her life. 
There's no way Todd Rundgren belongs in this special, but he was there. Somehow it was in the contract with the guys, the producers who did it, no matter what album they were bringing to light. Inevitably, absolutely, there would be Todd Rundgren, Dark Sunglasses, Darkened Room, isolating the vocals from Bad Out of Hell. Uh, so now Access TV is devoted to all of that. That's all it is. They have these these shows where it'll be, like, I just, oh man, here's something I watched, and don't. I'm just going to tell you now, don't. I've talked on here about the monkeys before, and I like the monkeys. Uh, you know, I've loved them uh, like a child, as a child, and now as an adult, uh, because they're such, you know, it's the nostalgia heavy part of it, but also they're just these pop songs that are like three and a half minutes long. And I talked on here before where I like, uh, I think it was Pat, it was like against, or no, it was, who the fuck was it? Oh, Max, he was against the monkeys. Like he was in flavor of Don Kirshner, which kind of freaked me the fuck out. Anyway, but I watched the monkeys. Like now, it was like the monkeys from a thing called the Bomb Factory in in Dallas, Texas, or Austin, Texas, and it was just, you know, I mean, it was I look, it was okay, I suppose, but then there was like, you know, it, it was Mickey and Peter, and uh, that's it. There was no Mike, and certainly no Davy, because again, uh, if you know anything about Davy, you know that me and the mole man dug under his coffin, and he fell even deeper into the earth. They tried to bring him out. Mickey was like, we've got to exhume Davy at least for Daydream Believer. <laughs> they wanted to have his fucking corpse come out, fucking weird moomin shot style. They're going to strap him to a guy in just like a full-on black clothing and um, a toilet paper face, and he would just do a soft shoe with Davy Jones's skeleton on his body. Uh, he would look like La Parca. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Rory LaParka is a legendary part of the show. He's a pro wrestler from a million years ago. Nobody remembers. But he was literally, LaParka was a Mexican luchador who was a big fat dude in a skeleton suit and a skeleton mask. So that's what they wanted to do with this guy for the day, for the monkeys tour. They're like, let's dig up Davy Jones and have a guy come out and LaParka the shit out of him and do a soft shoe and a woo, woo with Davy Jones's skeleton attached to his body. Now I'll tell you what, if they do that, I'm in. I'm fucking on board for that show. By all means, crank out Davy Jones' skeleton and I'm buying a goddamn ticket. However, if it's just, uh, you know, balding Mickey Dolans and rape victim Peter Tork, I can't I can't sit through it. I can't. I think it looked like Peter Tork's kid was on the drums or a guy who looked like Peter Tork. And I'm sure Peter Tork's a lovely man and there's nothing wrong with it. I've talked about this before. When everybody's like, oh man, the fucking uh, the monkey should fucking hang it up. I, I'm not saying they should hang it up. I'm just saying it's not for me. Because quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, like I said, if you're a fucking rock star, make your living as a rock star until the grave claims you. Do not ever stand down. Do not ever go, nah, man, I couldn't do that. Fuck you. You can do that because what else are you going to fucking do? Go out and sing the songs that brought people joy forever and ever, even if it's not because you're, 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 if you sell one fucking ticket, Hang it up. But I mean, if you sell more tickets, if people are willing to pay to fucking see you, go out and do your goddamn show. Get out there, man. Fucking make it happen. So I got no problem with the fucking monkeys playing the bomb factory. But when it's only Peter and, and Mickey, I thought even Nesmith, because first of all, it's only a half hour show. Uh, I'm sure the concert was longer, but the show I saw on Access TV was only a half hour uh, show. But in it, I was expecting Nesmith to come out and do like, what am I doing hanging around or like something. He was going to bust out some Nesmith stuff. Uh, but Nesmith doesn't even show up. It's just like... It's Dolan's, and then Dolan, but, but I will tell you this, here's the thing they did that was, uh, to me, nah. they tried to get the guy to bring Davy Jones' skeleton uh, attached to a body, and it, they couldn't get it done, so here's what they did, and this is always a bad idea. They had Mickey basically sing Daydream Believer with, uh, was it uh, Daydream Believer or I Want to Be Free? I forget, one of, which, one of them. He, he sang, uh, I think it was Daydream Believer, with, with the clip of Davy Jones from the 60s, like from the television show. And, uh, 
Oh man, don't do that. You, you can't. These older nostalgia acts, you got to realize, we all love the nostalgia. And, and we all, a lot of us want to remember you the way you were, but we come to revel in these songs and enjoy the fact that, look, you're old, we're old, we're all going to die soon. Let's enjoy some of the things that, and, and, and celebrate the joy you've brought to our lives. But once you put old you up on a video screen, You've now reminded everybody in that room of their mortality, and nobody can ever get off on Daydream Believer thinking about the fact that the guy on the screen is dead, ergo, all of us will soon be dead. I mean, it's just it's just a weird leap to ask people to go, yay, remember Davey? He's dead now. Let's watch a video of him. Oh, and by the way, this is the beautiful Davey from the 60s when you were all young. Remember when you were young and you didn't think you'd get old? Take a look at yourselves now. Go ahead and look at the mirror. I'm Mickey Dolenz. I have to wear a hat everywhere because my hair took a fucking powder in 1981. But still, I confuse myself by wearing a fucking fedora or whatever the fuck and try to look like Sam Goddamn Spade. Enough, Dolenz. You're not a fucking detective. You go ahead and fucking take the hat off. It's okay that you're a bald dude. Or wear a fucking weird-ass monkey's wig. Just go fucking full-on out. You're a rock star. You can pull that shit off. But when you come out trying to look like a fucking Lucky Luciano 1930s gangster with that hat on, oh, Dolan's. And look, here's the deal. Uh, I love Mickey Dolan's. There's there's a chance I may meet him soon. And, and I'm not even joking. I'll tell you all about it if it ever happens. But, uh... I just got a weird email, and it was it was something regarding that, and I was like, maybe, I guess so. Uh, but so hopefully he doesn't listen to the show. Rory, do me a favor: if you have any connections at all with Mickey Dolan's, please do not bring the show to his attention. Uh, and and I, I can't. And, and see, this kills it too, because now I can't tell Dolan's if I do meet him. I can't tell him I do a podcast because he's going to be like, "Hey, what's your? You have a podcast? That's awesome!" And he's going to Google me in the car and hold up the phone and goes, "This you? Yeah, that's me, Mickey. Oh, that's great!" And then he's going to put this show on in the middle of it. He's going to hear me call it a mount for looking like fucking uh, uh, Al Capone, and he's going to be furious at me. He's going to go, I'm not bald. And he's going to take his hat off. He's going to be bald. And it's going to be embarrassing for all of us. Uh, so so I should I should throttle down. And first of all, I'll tell you again, if you have any connections to Dolan's, please do not tell him about this show. That's not what this is about. That's like when you're on Twitter and some guy says something mean about somebody and then you at that person. That happens a lot with like fight guys that I know. They're, I'll follow these MMA journalists and they'll say stuff like, oh man, you know, John Jones is really fucking up. And then a fan will at John Jones in a reply and go, hey, John Jones, how do you feel about this guy calling you a fuck up? And it's like, what? what is wrong with your life that you had to do that? You fucking weird snitch. You weird Twitter snitch. There's no fucking reason for you to do that. But people do it. They step out and they try to create drama. They all, It's like they all sick the roaches on one another and that's how it is. And that's why I avoid it. That's why I hide in my house. That's why I hide in my apartment. That's why I just go out and take rides with Corey or Rory. <laughs> I'd like to ride with Corey. I told you I saw Depeche Mode last year. We'd have a lot to talk about now if I could go ahead and drop that knowledge on Corey. Randy and I went to that show and had a great fucking time. Uh, but now, of course, now I would have nothing to talk to Rory about except for my podcast, which he listened to and he hated. Oh, he's not going to fucking listen. There's no way he's listening. And if he was listening, he's gone now because the second I maligned Dolan's, he's like, I will not have you maligned Dolan's. And I'm going to be like, Rory, you're like 20. And he's going to go, I don't care. I know who Mickey was. My fucking great, 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 great grandfather wore a hat like that. Ha, <laughs> ha, uh, I'm sick. Oh, I feel so gross from eating tea, drinking tea. I didn't eat any tea. I did eat tea because I got low tea. So I eat, tea, I eat testosterone all the time. Oh, I'm taking pills by the handful, folks. Don't kid yourselves. I went in to get a fucking treatment. I learned it from my junk mail. They're like, ah, do you want to increase your testosterone? I'm like, no, I really don't. I mean, I, you know, I, I think I do okay. I'm holding my own at this point. You know, we've had a couple of misfires here and there, but I think everything seems to be fine so far. Everything's in full working order. I can go ahead and lift weights and and, and I can stand upright. So I think I'm all right. Yeah, I wake up with a heart on every, every you know, f- f- five days a week. 
I was going to say every five days. That wasn't right. It was like five days a week I wake up with art on. All right. And that's and you can set your watch by it. Oh, you ladies, you keep your cycle on a calendar and you go ahead and mark it all down. You're like, oh, I'm due for my period. I got news for you. I know exactly what I'm due for my heart on in the morning. I'm like, all right, that's going to happen at eight. And then I'm going to wake up and then I'm going to go back to sleep. Because when you're old, these sorts of things are like clockwork. So you wake up, you fucking run off a batch and you go ahead and hit the rack. Uh, it gets you, buys you that extra two hours of sticky sleep. There's nothing there. And there's nothing like that extra two hours of sticky sleep. I'll tell you what, it's better when you're with somebody. Oh my God, when you work yourself into a lather and you both knock yourself, you fuck yourselves into a nap and then you get that sticky sleep where your legs are locked around somebody's fucking hips and you're just having them breathe in your face and they can't, when you can't help it, that's the thing. It's not like, well, let's go back to sleep. It's just like, you know, we just fucking completely obliterated ourselves and we fucked ourselves into a goddamn stupor. Let's nap. Oh my God. Is there anything better? Is there anything better than the 10 o'clock I am after fuck nap? 10 o'clock I am? You know what? 10 o'clock I am. That's actually the time. That's whenever the Black Eyed Peas go on stage. It says right on there on the rider. We go on stage at 10 o'clock I am. <laughs> that 10 o'clock a.m. after fuck nap is just, it's just killer. Sticky. You're just lay. Oh, fucking phenomenal. Uh, hi, Rory. I'm sorry. You're a young person. You don't want to hear that kind of thing. Although, you know, maybe you're taking fuck naps. Who knows, man? And I don't mean fuck naps like boo naps. I mean fuck naps like fuck and then nap. There's a comma in there. Fuck, comma, nap. It's a fuck nap. So that's one word, but then also it's an action. And if you wanted to make it an action, it's fuck comma nap. This is my not safe for work schoolyard rock, schoolhouse rock. <laughs> fuck nap or fuck comma nap. Uh, look, I'm just a podcaster. I'm only a podcaster and I'm podcasting here on this microphone, but there's a lot of people in my car who ask me what I do. All right. So, uh, I, you know what I do? I drink tea and I don't like it. And I come back to you guys and I tell you about it. And it's just grim. It's you know, cause I, I want like, there were bad things to start out with. I forgot about Rory. I had to bring Rory up, but I mean, I, I drank tea and I, I've not felt right since. Uh, and also I've got microphone troubles, dudes. I hope you're hearing me. Okay. I don't know if you are, or you are not, but I will tell you this, my microphone, my microphone, my microphone, uh, I can't travel anymore. I don't know what the fuck happens. I went to San Francisco. It was in a duffel bag. All right. And I wrapped it up. It's like three shirts. Uh, and it was, it was, it seemed to me to be stationary and fine. And I think the microphone itself is working. At least it looks like it's being picked up. I did a couple of sound checks. I did some testing of my voice and it seemed to be fine. Um, but what I'm here to tell you is that, uh, here, let's just do it. I warn you, this might be loud, not loud. Like me yelling loud. I'm not going to make a noise, but here, this is me putting the microphone up and uh, attempting to tighten the bolt. Okay. That's what happens, man. Uh, the bolt doesn't work anymore. So I'm, I'm lucky that the microphone itself stands up just enough to where I'm able to, it's, it comes. And I think maybe the microphone was just tired of me making spitting noises into the podcast. And it just went, you know what, dude, we're not going to come that close to your mouth anymore. Cause you know me, I eat the fucking mic, man. I mean, I just, I just fucking, I throat the fuck out of it. That's what I do. Oh yeah. Fuck that sink hot dog. Uh, fuck that mouth microphone. Um, but I think maybe my microphone made an executive decision and went, dude, you're too close. So there's, we can't come up that close to your mouth. Now I, I could lean in and get this close again and do this sort of thing, which always seems like a thing I should do. But instead I'm doing more natural things like leaning back and talking and I back off when I'm going to say something loud and all that sort of stuff. Look, here's how audio works, folks. If you don't know, <laughs> I'm giving you oral lessons right now. <laughs> yeah, oral lessons, oral, oral lessons. Yeah, take it. Take that old fucking microphone down your throat. Fuck. Uh... Yeah, I can't. I couldn't throw my microphone now because I just vomit tea all over my desk. Oh, fucking. So here's why I drink the tea. I went to the Lebanese restaurant and uh, it's a nice place. It's a gorgeous place. I was just out running an errand. I went to the, so I went to the dry cleaner. I didn't even finish any of this. I went to the dry cleaner to get uh, all of my stuff was being sewn. So they sewed one blanket and then they're sewing another quilt. And, uh, and then they were sewing my hoodie and now they have to sew another part of the hoodie because it looks, I just, I can't, it's my favorite hoodie. So sew it up. Um, 
And then I was heading home and I'm like, well, fuck, you know, I might want to get some lunch. So there was a Lebanese joint, which I love and I haven't eaten there in a while. So I popped in and all I was going to get, folks, all I was going to get, I don't eat, and I usually don't do this. Usually I'm a shish to wook man. I'm a kafta man. Uh, and I go ahead and knock that down. Sometimes they'll have a fucking okra and beef stew. Oh, I'll do that. But again, it was like, it was like 78 degrees here today. So uh, it's not stew weather. I'm avoiding that stew. I mean, it's stew look weather, certainly because all weather is stew look weather, but getting an actual bowl of stew, I said, no, I can't do it. Uh, but then for some reason, when I parked outside this joint in my brain, I went, you know what I want? And I haven't had in fucking forever falafel. I like, I like a fucking ball of fried chickpea. I'll get that fucking stuff and knock it down. So I walked in there and, uh, I know the guy who runs the counter. I don't want to say his name, but he's a lovely person. And he's like, Hey, even if he sees me once a year, he'll know my name and he gives me a fist bump. He's the coolest guy. And uh, he goes, what are you doing? And I go, well, you know, nothing. I go, I think I'm just getting a sandwich. He goes to here for here to go. I go, yeah, to, uh, I'll probably take it to go. He goes, okay, what do you want? I said, yeah, I think I just want a falafel sandwich. But now again, folks, here's Mike Schmidt, the guy, you know, the guy you love, uh, you know, the sandwich comes with mixed vegetables and tahini and, uh, and, and falafel on a pita. But what I want, because I'm this guy, I say to him, hey, look, uh, you know, I don't want any mixed vegetables, but I want you to add your cabbage salad and I want the tahini, but I also want hummus. Can I add that? And he, every time I do it, he looks at me and he goes, you know, why don't you just get a falafel plate? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Should I? And he goes, yeah, man, you get the hummus, you get the tahini, you get the cabbage salad, you get rice, you get the whole deal. Uh, and it's just like five bucks more. And he goes, because with me charging you for the cabbage salad and then me having to charge you for the extra hummus, you're going to be paying nine bucks for a sandwich that you'd pay 11 bucks for, for a plate. And I would do it. Let's do, I got, I'm fine. Let's in. And he, and he, by the way, when I walk, so when I walk in, he sees me. And like I said, he's a really good guy, knows my name, gives me a fist bump, but he also gives me an iced tea immediately. Like he just gives me a small cup of iced tea and I can't. I feel stupid turning it down because he doesn't ask, hey, would you like an iced tea? He makes it, he gives it to me. It's ready for me. It's as if he's my, he's my fucking Lebanese restaurant wife and he's so ready for me. Restaurant? Did I say, I'm talking about go, Barbara Walters there. He's my Lebanese restaurant wife and he's right away getting me my drink and my slippers and my fucking Lebanese pipe and he's like, sit down, man. We'll get you some fucking chickpeas. It'll be perfect. You want coffee? You want chickpeas? I got it squared away. But first, drink this free drink you hate, um, which is fine. And, and that's the thing is I can't turn it down. And I will say this, the first time he ever did it, he gave me an Arnold Palmer. And I swear to God, I talked about it on the show because I, I'm not that guy. Like I want nothing to fucking do with it. But if you put lemon in anything, I can choke it down. If you, <laughs> that sounds filthy, but that's true. You know what? Let's try it. If you cover a cock in lemon, maybe there's a way I could work it down my throat. I got no fucking idea. I like lemon. That's my point. Uh, so if you put, I like putting a shot of lemon on my eggs. I put lemon all over the goddamn place. But if you put lemon, so he gave me this fucking Arnold Palmer. And I, I sipped it and I was like, actually, you know what? The lemon makes this palatable. The dirt is like a mere aftertaste. The lemon overtakes it. I, I like the Palmer. I don't need the Arnold, but that's fine. I can choke it down. So that was the first time I ever did it. But then ever since I've gone in there, he just gives me a cup of tea and I feel stupid going, Hey, can you give me a shot of lemonade in this thing? Because then I'm, I'm ordering a fucking drink that I didn't really want in the first fucking place, but also I'm looking his gift horse directly in the Lebanese mouth. And I can't do that because then it's going to swear at me in Lebanese and give me like a Lebanese Winnie and give me a Lebanese fucking two hoofed kick right in the goddamn chest. And then I walk out of there upset, saddened, and, and just with a bag of dirt floating in my gut. I can't do that. So, uh, so I've just choked it down. Like the last three times I've gone in over the course of a year, I, you know, cause it's not like I eat there all the goddamn time. But, uh, but I'll, I'll, I just drink it and I, and in my bread, I'm like, well, you know what? Just concentrate on the cold part. Just, just drink the iced. I'm not even drinking the tea. In my mind, the tea isn't there. I'm just sucking down the iced. Uh, 
But then, but again, he'll be, I'll be talking and then he'll grab the cup and he'll refill it. And he keeps refilling it with tea. And I feel again, obligated to drink it because it's a, it's a free gift. And I'm waiting for my falafels to get cooked anyway. So then I should get this man. So he fucking builds the whole plate for me. He's like, you want some garlic sauce? I go, yes. He gives me tahini. Hummus is there. He goes, yeah, man, this is a much better deal. So I wound up paying, I think it was 13 bucks, you know, after tip or no, it was 15 bucks after tip because it was 1308. And then I threw in a couple of bucks tip. And then, uh, and I know you're thinking to yourself, well, shouldn't you give more as a tip? Well, I, yeah, if you're eating there, if, I'm a 20% guy if I'm there, but for takeout, I always give a couple of bucks, two, three bucks. And, uh, and it was just a fucking falafel plate. But I mean, I guess he gave me the tea. I guess I should have paid for that. Ah, now that I think about it, maybe there's a reason he went down from Arnold Palmer. Maybe I only tipped him a couple of bucks. He said, well, fuck, I'm not going to waste any lemonade on that guy. We'll see him choke down some goddamn tea because even he knows the tea is terrible. Maybe the, yeah, because that's what tea stands for. It stands for terrible. Maybe it was a punishment. Maybe he's like the first time he gave me an Arnold Palmer, luxurious Arnold Palmer. And then I didn't tip enough. And he's like, well, ah, fuck that guy. You know what? He only deserves tea from now on. And then he just, and he thinks he's, it's kind of a nice gesture, but also it's a fucking terrible gesture. Oh my God. I hate it, but I got to drink it. I can't just fucking walk away and just go, no, I don't want your drink. Cause then it's going to hurt his feelings. And this is a guy who knows me. I mean, I'm going, I've been going in there for fucking 15 years. Uh, first time I ever went in, there was with Gil Martin and like 30 of his friends. And I just sat down and I wasn't going to eat. But then I was like, well, I'll get something. And then I just ate it. It was a fucking revelation. It was so goddamn delicious. I'm, dude, I'm so lucky. I've got two different, like, Lebanese kind of Middle Eastern food joints by me that are fantastic. There's a place I've talked about, Hyatt's Kitchen, and then this restaurant that I don't want to say the name, because tomorrow you'll call him and go, hey, he doesn't want to fucking drink that tea, asshole. Quit giving him tea. You know, that's what Rory will do. Rory will take an Uber over there and go, hey, man, no more tea for podcast host Mike Schmidt. Punks and Tony Schmidt, you don't drink tea. Uh, so, I mean, if that's what he plans on doing, that's what he plans on doing. I can't stop Rory. Rory's a new guy. I let him, like I told you, I let the fans be fans. I let the fans do whatever they want. And if they want to roll over to that restaurant and yell at that fucking guy for giving me free drinks, then that's on them. And I can't stop them. That's how you guys do it. If you want to sculpt my head out of chopped liver, I can't argue. I take a photo of it and put it on the Joker's page. That almost sounds like I'm encouraging that sort of behavior. And I'm really not. I'm really not. I promise. Um, so he gives me this plate and then I get home. And look, a, a falafel sandwich has got like three falafels in it. And as you tell you, it's homemade falafel. It's not like it's a fucking frozen deal. He's got to pull out the tub of falafel goo and they got to roll it into a ball. Like, you know, they put it in their hands like a spoon. They, take, they, they use the fucking, uh, they make canals, a couple of, you know, fucking ball canals. Drop them in the hot oil and they cook it up. But then I get home, dudes, get this. There's uh, there's the tahini. There's the hummus. There's the, And so with the falafel sandwich, you get like three falafels. There's five falafels in there. Jesus fucking Christ. I couldn't eat five falafels on a bet. It's just this monstrous amount of fucking falafel. And I'm staring at it. I'm like, uh, I just, well, I mean, I can't choke that down or can I? Should I? Maybe I can choke that down. Oh my God. I just hit the fucking microphone. I don't know if I can choke that down. I got to think to myself if that's the thing to do. Uh, but then there's also the, uh, the fucking, whatever. He gives me everything. Bottom line, no rice. There's no fucking rice in there, dudes. He said there was rice. Now look, do I need rice when he's giving me pitas and fucking and falafels? No, probably not. I don't need another carb. But at the same time, I, one of the reasons that sold me on the plate was he's like, "Yeah, hey, man, you get rice, you get all this stuff." Uh, so I kicked in. So I, I basically spent seven extra dollars to get not rice. God damn it! And and sick tea. That's what I got. Oh, I got I got four glasses of tea and no rice for seven extra bucks. That just sounds like a fucking mess. And no lemon. Oh, I paid seven dollars for no lemon. And for no rice. I, that's what it was. It's my negative value. I paid seven American dollars for no lemon and no rice. And and plus tea. Oh, Jesus, that's disgusting. <sighs> All right, so I'm a little, I'm a little still kind of greasy, grim from that. And it's kind of lurking around. But now, look at this. The microphone's bad. I got a bad stomach. And I, I don't know what the fuck to do. And you know what? I need a new scrub. I'll tell you that. Fuck. I found this out. 
Uh, I think Bliss, my fucking, the, the, the joint who makes my scrub, this show is about nothing. By the way, Rory, I apologize. Usually I have a story to tell. I got no story to tell you. I'm just going to tell you that, you know, my maid was here today and I got a, I need a new scrub. One that won't make me sick. One that won't make me laugh. Sorry, I can't even do it. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I just did that reference. Thing. Like Rory's just like, who? I don't even get that. Why is that funny? It's not. It's not funny, Rory. I promise you. I apologize. Uh, all right. So I need a new scrub because uh, I have, uh, you know, I, I told you I have a three-way rotation scrub. I use the facial fuel from Kiehl's. I use, and I've been using my Bliss Super Minty Soap and Scrub. But I think, and I always have a third one that I use. Uh, but I've been using this Kiehl's apricot scrub and it's, it's just, it's ground up apricot pits. It looks like honey Dijon mustard. Like when you squirt it in your fucking hands, it's all yellow. Uh, but the thing is, it's not crunchy enough, man. I want, I like a scrub, like my minty scrub. That is fucking beautiful. That's just like rubbing two handfuls of broken glass into your face. And that's what I need. I, I need something that scrapes off the old. That's the whole point of using a scrub for fuck's sakes. So this apricot one is just like, oh, it gently exfoliates. Fuck gentle. I'm 50. No dice. I need, you know what I need? I need something that's like rubbing baseball cleats into my face. It's like if, it's like if football players went and did a fucking tap dance on my fucking, on my, the whole, right around my lips. Just fucking, you, I gotta do something to scrape off the old. That's the whole point of rotating the scrubs. And now it turns out Bliss redid their whole product line. And I think they're getting rid of the super minty scrub, which I, that's just, that's the only scrub I found sufficient. So I don't know what the fuck to do. So I guess I'll throw it out to you guys. If you got a scrub that you like, I did this once with soap because they were going to stop making my soap. And then I wound up getting the Kiehl's fucking soap, which I use in a, in a, I found a, a moisture splash Irish spring, which I enjoy. Good Lord. This show has deteriorated. A second ago, I was fucking Dolly Parton. Now I'm telling you about what soap I like. What a weirdo. Uh, but I need a scrub. So fucking send me scrub suggestions. Please do that. Cause I can't ask, you know, who am I going to ask my friends, wives? Hey, do you guys have a scrub I can use? Cause I already get taunted enough for fucking asking about it for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> so, so today I had my mate, today was a day. Like it was a fucking awesome day. I, I cleaned, I had my house clean cause my maid's been off for like three months and that's fucking weird. Uh, why is she, or why has she been, not three months. It's April. She's been gone since November. She's been gone since November. She's been gone since November. Why? Cause, uh, she got pregnant. And, uh, and so then I was in my head, I'm like, well, I, all right, that's it. I need a new cleaning person because I mean, I can't call her ever again because she had a baby, which I mean, that doesn't mean that you can't clean things, but at the same time, what it means is I can't ask you to do things like that. I can't say, Hey, do me a favor. Come on over here and fucking throw out this garbage. Just after you squeeze the baby out of your fucking tiny vagina, Jesus Christ, what a monster I am. Uh, so I was going to move on. I was going to try to find somebody else to help me clean the, clean the joint. And by help me, I mean, watch me as I sit on a chair with my headphones in and pretend to not notice that they're walking around cleaning shit. Uh, Hey, I never did finish the thing about my gym. I'm in the gym lifting the other day and I'm killing it. Right. And, uh, where I was talking about staring and a new client came in, a new trainer came in and a new client. And, uh, the trainer had like fucking like, like pink skin on, it wasn't even leggings. It was just like so fucking tight and you could see everything uh, from the waist down. And then she had a girl come in. And they do this exercise look, and I know it's an exercise that means things. I know it's supposed to be done. I know we all have muscles that we got to tighten up, and there's core work. Uh, but you can do Russian twists and sit-ups. You don't need to rest your back on a bench and then put a, uh, a curling bar across your waist and then do pelvic thrusts in my face. 
I mean, you, uh, look, you don't have to do that. I do appreciate it. But Jesus Christ, is it hard to not fucking stare? And this new gym that I'm in, it doesn't have enough mirror angles. Like the other joint I had, it had all these like four, five, I had all the angles down. I could go ahead and snatch a fucking shot up a girl's shorts. And I look, I know you think I'm disgusting, but who cares? You watch some girl doing sit-ups. You watch a girl doing this. I, I told you the bikini chicks who were in there fucking for their weight loss, their, uh, their, their hot body contests. You know, I'd catch all the angles. I could, I could see them. Oh, look, shining in the chrome of John's uh, tumbler that he brings his protein shake in. I can see that. Or the ceiling mirror or that sprinkler head. I, you know, you could catch all the angles while you're doing bench presses. I knew all the angles of the old gym, but now, uh, I don't know any of the angles of the new gym. It's just straight up mirrors. So I, I, I can't look and I shouldn't look. I should just be concentrating my own deal, but also it's kind of motivation. Cause you're like, you know what? This is one of the reasons I'm in here fucking lifting and trying to get traps is so I can support that chick on my fucking waist and do the, or my, my uh, shoulders and do the move for fuck's sake. But, uh, but she's laying there and she's doing, and she had, and she had shorts that were, like if a basketball player was wearing them, you go, holy fuck, the the seventies are back. Like they were those kind of short shorts on a girl, and then she's, but again, on a girl she can wear those. A woman, whatever the fuck, and uh, but she's doing like, uh, again, literally, like imagine if you were resting your back, your shoulders and your back on a bench, and then the rest of you was kind of like bridged, and then you put a curling bar like forty pounds across your waist, and uh, and your legs were akimbo, and then you just started doing pelvic thrusts, and your and to, to strengthen your core, I assume. Uh, I, I, I look, put it this way. I know one muscle that you were strengthening as I watched that fucking go down. And I and fucking, even John is looking at me like, dude, what are you doing? Dude, come on, dude, seriously. And I'm, and I looked at him and I go, I just, I know I'm not because I couldn't stare, but I was trying to find angles in the mirrors to be able to catch the look because, uh, and look, I'm going to share this ladies. I do apologize. All right. I don't mean to be this person and I hope you understand, but there is lust in men and men look at women and, uh, you know, you can watch a girl in really tight jeans and you're like, oh, wow, that's hot. Or you can see a girl and, you know, she's wearing maybe a thin top and then maybe a like, cool breeze goes by and it's like, oh, how are you doing? There are nipples on you. And that sort of thing is very exciting. But, uh, but this girl's wearing like short shorts. And so she's already in a weird position with her back down and her, you know, her legs kind of uh, uh, spread. And then she puts this curling bar on, which just pulls her shorts up even tighter. And then she's thrusting. And as she thrusts, it pulls the shorts up even uh, tighter. And, uh, and, and, and you're, you're kind of able to see stuff that you probably shouldn't see. Now, I mean, I'm not looking up the leg of her shorts, but I don't fucking have to because it's uh, literally the braille word for pussy is right there in her shorts. You can just see it. Like it literally, if a blind guy came in and he ran his hand over it, he'd go pussy. You go, yes, absolutely. He'd go, oh, she must be doing pelvic thrusts. Yes, of course she is. Because that's why her shorts are disappearing up through her vulva. I mean, it's just fucking crazy. Uh, you know, I, cause there was, uh, we've talked many times on the show about labia majora and labia minora. Uh, and labia minoris. We've talked about those as well, but that they were on, it was on, uh, I don't want to say full display, but she had a hand solo. I talked about it in the first year when I was like, you know, instead of a, a male camel toe, it was like, uh, I said, it's a hand solo. Cause you can see the guy's cock, like in carbonite. That's what she had. It was just, it was just, and it was perfect. It was just a perfect look. And I know it's not supposed to be, and I'm not supposed to look, but I was kind of trying to gab her every angle. And, uh, and John wasn't really disgusted with me because he was also looking at the same thing and he's just like, yeah, all right, well, this is happening. We both knew it was happening. Uh, but hey, look, and I'm a, I'm a person and by a person, I mean, I'm a guy or I'm a man and I, I like, 
uh, ladies' bodies, and I, but I treat them with respect. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to drive at here. Basically, what I'm saying is, Rory, don't be like me, sir. Do not stare at vaginas in the gym uh, or anywhere, quite frankly, unless you, you, know, you can stare at them in a bedroom or in a, in a ladies' locker room. I don't know why you're in a ladies' locker room. Please don't stare at vaginas in a ladies' locker room or a strip club. That's a good place to look at them. But very rarely in a strip, see, in a strip club, they want you to see them. They're doing the splits. They're doing fucking cartwheels. They're coming up to you and they're just going, you know, they put a fucking speculum in them, side them, and they're going, hey, take a look at my fucking baby house. That's fine. But uh, but in the gym, you're not, you're not supposed to be looking at that sort of thing. But at the same time, I mean, she had like fucking, she was like, you know, who wears short shorts? She wore short shorts, but not for long because eventually they climbed directly up into her baby house and just fucking went and nested there for a while. And, uh, and I'm, I'm that guy for looking, I'm sure, but that's what happened. I had to, I looked, I'm sorry. But, uh, because I mean, I, you know why? Because I'm not fucking anybody now. So you get that thing in your brain where you're like, everything you look at is, I because I'm starting to play who would I fuck at the bank? I'm starting to play who would I fuck in the crosswalk? I'm starting to do that again. Because those games go away when you're actually with somebody. But when you're, when you're fucking, you know, when you're on your own and solo and, uh, and you know, fucking running off a batch every night or every morning or every night and every morning or however many times you want to do it, you want to do a back to back, whatever the fuck you want to do. Uh, then you, you start looking at ladies and, st- and stand thinking. And then I know I should, because everybody's like, dude, you should do a Bumble thing. You should go ahead and put a fucking ad on. I'm like, I can't. I just, nobody wants to go, hey, who are you dating? 50-year-old Uber driver? <laughs> Success. With a broken bed frame? Success. That guy sounds like a prize. You mean that guy who does a show on the internet about staring at women's vaginas in his gym? Oh, I can't believe you're dating him. He sounds like a catch. Fuck. <laughs> but, uh, but it doesn't stop you from being a lonely person who wishes they could see somebody. It doesn't stop that from happening. Uh, all right. So <laughs> here's the deal, folks. Uh, so in that mindset, you know, I didn't want to invite my my cleaning lady over because she had a baby. Uh, but then she, I was going to change, but then she wrote me and she's like, hey, and look, having a baby doesn't disqualify you. It just makes me not want to tell you to wash my dishes or mop my floor because you're, you're in a weird way. You just, you just had an infant. You had a, you had another person just stating inside you. Now, look, if I, if, if John Hurt comes over from Alien and, uh, and the alien bursts out of his stomach and runs across the kitchen, do you think they asked him to do the dishes afterwards? Absolutely. They did not. I promise you they didn't. I saw the movie. The fucking alien burst out and went, and then he fucking shoots off. Did they then go, oh man, that was fucked. All right, John, why don't you go ahead and clear the table and do the dishes and we'll meet in the den and discuss this situation and wonder what to do with your fucking baby that's running around the goddamn ship. No, that's not the way it works. So that's how I can't do that with fucking my cleaning lady. I almost said her name. Um, because she's lovely and she's really nice and I don't want to, and she's got to, she's a mom now. Go be a mom. Don't fucking put, hang up your feather duster. But I'm, but this is how she makes a living and this is how she pays for food for the new maid. She goes ahead and she does this sort of thing and that's fine and I get it and I understand. Uh, but also this is the way she gets a better life for that child so it doesn't have to be a maid. And I don't want to disparage her fucking thing. I know she's a maid because she wants to be or maybe because that's just what she does to feed her kid. I don't know. I'm Now I'm, dude, I thought I was digging with the mole people. Jesus Christ, am I digging now? The bottom line is I didn't want to contact because I didn't want to tell her, hey, do me a favor, scrub the floor. I hope your vagina's not too sore from having a baby recently. Because uh, I don't know how it works with you ladies. I know it's stretchable and pliable and all that kind of stuff. We already talked about the hot dog in the hallway, uh, which is my favorite Aesop fable. <laughs> when the, remember the one where the dog's looking in the water and he drops the bone because he's mad at the other dog? And then the hot dog in the hallway, is, it's kind of like that. There's just not a dog. Anyway, she's like, uh, she's my maid and uh, she really, she's the, I, I told you, I've been through several different maids and several different maid companies. She's the first one who does a good job. 
like a job that I really like and it's someone that I really liked having. I told her she first came over as part of a service and then I said to her, hey, look, if you ever leave this service, because I don't like this service very much, but if you ever leave and you go solo, you're, you're, I'm, I'm in with you, which probably sounds like a weird hitting on thing probably now that I think back on it, but it didn't deter her. She called me and she's like, hey man, I'm, I'm on my own now. And I said, great, come over. So she's been doing it for two years now. She's been cleaning my house, which is fucking great. Uh, and I know you're thinking, Mike, you do nothing. Pick up a goddamn fucking broom. Yes, I, well, I sweep my floor. But it's the scrubbing of the floor and the scrubbing of the toilet and the fucking bathtub, which I do occasionally. Like once a week, I'll run a scrub brush in the in the bathtub because I don't want it to be gross. Uh, I don't have to defend my house to you guys. Fuck off. Uh, and Rory, you're new. Why the fuck are you judging me, man? You just got here. You're supposed to be on my side for fuck's sake. Um, but I didn't want to contact her to clean the fucking house because, again, like I said, uh, she she had a fucking baby and it just seems rude to go. Hey, you want to come over and lift shit? It's wrong. But then she texted me out of the blue. She's like, Hey Mike, I'm back on it again. I'm ready. If you want to have your place cleaned. And, uh, like I said, I did like the work that she did. And in my brain, I'm like, well, she does have another mouth to feed, but, uh, but also I don't want her to have to come over here and do fucking hard work. And then and who knows what if she's still got uh, like baby stuff happening. I don't know how it works with you ladies. All of a sudden she's in there and she's, she smells too much bleach and she reaches too high and then more placenta comes out and she faints and she's just lying there in a pool of blood in my fucking bathtub in a pool of blood and leftover baby. I can't fucking have that. Cause you know what? I got news for you. If she reaches up and then a pool of blood and a leftover baby and she collapses, who the fuck's cleaning that up? Absolutely nobody. Cause she's laying there in it. I can't fucking call another maid for fuck's sake. So then she's down for the count and then I'm stuck. She bails, ambulance takes her. And then I just got to stare at their blood and leftover baby for fucking months until she texts me again. And she says, all right, I'm back at it, but I'm never going to trust her again. If she just squeezed leftover baby all over my goddamn fucking foyer. I don't have a foyer. <laughs> uh, so I, so I didn't want to do it, but she texted me and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, she did a good job. And also, like I said, I, I, I want to, I want to give the baby food. I suppose that's what it is. I'm thinking to myself, I like, it's not like I'm supporting her. I'm sure she has other clients and they were probably all selfish and mean because I'm a really good client. I meet her at the gate. I carry all the cleaning supplies and the vacuum into my house. I'm a lovely person. And I, I give her a little extra cash, a little boom, boom here and there. Uh, <laughs> I never know if I'm tipping enough either, by the way, if she's always grateful and very nice and generous, but I don't know if she's with rich people or giving her millions of dollars, but I give her whatever I give her a spiff. Uh, and hopefully she's happy with it. But so I, I didn't want her to come back. I wanted her to go off and, and just, and just fucking breastfeed her kid for the next nine years and, and leave me be, I'll find somebody else to scrub shit. I'll find somebody else to get to scrubbing my bubbles. Uh, but she texted me. So I figured, all right, well, if she's back on the fucking horse, I guess I got to get her over here. So, uh, she comes over. Now, let me describe this cleaning lady for you. You know, she's, uh, she is not of this. Uh, she's not my, she's not Caucasian. Uh, she, but she's also not Latina. I believe she is a uh, she's a tiny young uh, Latin American young woman. Um, I don't want to say exactly where from, but then she always brings another friend over, who, you know, to help her who doesn't speak any English whatsoever. And I think that woman's a Mexican. But uh, but my cleaning lady is uh, I think she may be Filipino. Uh, she might be Ecuadorian, could be Colombian. Look, I'm not going to narrow it down because I don't want you guys googling her. Anyway, the point is she comes over and she's and she's only like. She's like four ten, and that's not even an exaggeration. I mean, she's because Jill was tiny. Jill was like five feet tall. This girl's like tinier than Jill. Like if they played one on one basketball, uh, I would uh, first of all I would tell them to do it naked. That's what I would do because I'm that guy. Um, but the point is, they're just like fucking. She's totally shrimpy. Now the last time she was here, she was really pregnant, and I uh, and when she showed up, she was it was like when she cleaned my house like a couple months before that. I guess I mean she wasn't really showing. Then she shows up in November, and I mean fucking. I'm talking, 
like she looked like that old Milwaukee Brewers barrel man mascot. Like all of because again, she's only four ten, four nine. So a four nine chick who's pregnant, man, it just looks like she's stealing a watermelon. I mean, it's just fucking craziness, right? She because she's like a normal shaped head and a normal shoulders, and then all of a sudden you get to the middle and you're like, Jesus Christ, that's gonna burst open and a thousand spiders are gonna run all over the place. It's just it's less when it's someone that tiny, it doesn't look like a pregnant stomach. It looks more like an egg sack that's just like ready to go and ready to just fucking burst and throb. Uh, so then when she came over a number, I, then I felt fucking weird. I wanted to send her home. And then that, that time I spent half the time following her around going, what should I do? Should I do this? I took, you know, I took the garbage out. I'm like, I said, I'll vacuum, sit down. I mean, it's like that dude. Uh, and she's like, no, Mike, it's okay. I can do this. It's fine. Um, but I still felt fucking weird. And that was why I went, all right, well, sayonara to this. I can't fucking make it happen. And I didn't say sayonara because she's Japanese. I told you she's from the Philippines. Anyway, the point is she, this show should be called the point is she fucking, uh, she was too big in November and I, I did, I felt that I did half the cleaning with her. I mean, I just did that. Uh, but I also felt like a weird slave owner, which sounds fucking strange, right? Like I was like, ha ha, like Simon Legree pulling his mustache and going, you and your infant child will clean my bathroom. <laughs> oh, does the smell of bleach bother you? Imagine how your tiny baby is rolling around in your egg sack. <laughs> he is threatened right now. Oh, let us spray some Febreze down your throat so as to clean up the baby house. Terrible. Uh, like that weird fucking slave owner idiot. But then I, that's why I was like, I can't have her back. But then she texts and she comes here today and, uh, and I go and I meet them at the gate. She's very lovely. She comes in and, uh, it, 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 now it just looks like a Halloween costume. Now, now it really looks like she just had like a barrel strapped pillow on her, around her. Cause now she's just normal. She's tiny, but also she's a tiny girl in, uh, in, uh, yeah, she's got boobs. You know, because I guess, I don't know if it's the baby or she always had him and I just never noticed, but she was wearing a tighter shirt this time than usual and she was with her friend. And, uh, and so now I'm, 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 she comes into the house and she starts cleaning and, uh, you know, the other chick starts cleaning and I, I throw in earbuds and I'm trying to work and I'm trying to do stuff work. Uh, I'm trying to do some writing, uh, of emails and ret- return things. And I had to listen to, uh, uh, well, I'll tell you all about that later, but I'm, I'm checking on stuff, but then, uh. You know, she would walk out, and this is so weird. Again, she was always just the person who cleaned my house. And then when she was there in November, she was like a science experiment. I'm like, Jesus Christ, look at this fucking pregnant chick. But then today she showed up, and I, 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 this is the fucking 13-year-old boy in me. Uh, Because she was pregnant, because she's not anymore, because she's wearing tighter clothes and she had big boobs, like I was... I, I, uh, this will probably be the wrong choice of words, but I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say it. I was forced to look at her in a sexual way, and I know you're like, no, you weren't. You couldn't have done that. And I'm like... And when I say that, I mean... I, I'd never noticed before. I swear to God, she was just the chick who came and cleaned my house and she was nice and she was, because she's little tiny. I mean, it's, she looks like she should be somebody's prom date. She's like so small, not even eighth grade turnabout dance. Like if she asked me to the Sadie Hawkins dance, that would make sense. That's how fucking tiny, oh, it wouldn't make sense. She doesn't feel that way about me. At least I don't think she does because uh, she had a baby by another man and I'm turning her down. Honestly, I gotta go there. If she asked me to the Sadie Hawkins dance, that's a clear no because you just had somebody else's kid and I don't fucking get into that fucking mess. Uh, but, but it made me look at her in a way where you you probably shouldn't be looking at any woman or your mate. Well, not that. I mean, I'm I'm not fucking Ted Bundy. It's not like I was going to fucking hide her away from everybody and kill her friend. That seems like a leap right there. Why the fuck did I go right to killing the friend? Why wouldn't I kidnap both of them and keep them for myself? Because obviously one of them wants to fuck and one of them wants to clean my house. (laughs) That's a lie. I think they both want to clean my house. And if they want to fuck, it's certainly not me. Um, But when you sit there and you look at that, you know, she walked out of the bathroom to talk to her once and they're chatting in another language. And I fantasized in my head, of course, that they were saying, isn't this big, strong man the best? Shouldn't we stay here and clean his apartment forever? Why don't we 
get naked and queer off for him. And I'd watch and I then and then I would, you know, just uh maybe run off a batch and let them celebrate that and they'd all roll around in it and everybody be happy. I don't know why that's a thing, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the point is, I'm looking at her. Oh my god, stop what the fucking point is. So I'm looking at her differently. Because she's wearing a tight t-shirt and she's got big tits. And I'm sure they're full of baby milk, but which is gross. And I'm not a lactating guy, and you know this. I'm not a guy who's into lactation. Either way, I'm, you know, I'm neither one of those things. I'm not a guy, a lactating guy, or a guy into lactating. I'm none of those things at all on that list. Uh, if you got a lactating list, shelve it. Because you don't want to put my name on there. I'm off. Cross my name off immediately. If you're making out a lactating list, off. Um... But, you know, I noticed, like, she, you know, she, and, and she's, look, by the way, she's also dressed like Rosie the Riveter. I mean, it's not like she's here looking sexy to clean my goddamn house. She's not wearing heels. She's wearing, like, fucking Chuck Taylor Converse and sweatpants and, a, you know, a tight t-shirt and just tits bursting out of the fucking thing. And is that my fault? Is it my fault for seeing them, goddammit? You know what? If you didn't want to look like that, you should have dressed differently. It's, believe me, I, I, you could never use the defense, well, look what she was wearing, because this chick was wearing, I'm literally like a Yola Tango fucking tight t-shirt, fucking sweatpants and Chuck Taylors. This is all me. This is all my pathology and my wrongness she had nothing to do with it not that you ever do i'm teasing we're having fun but she would walk out to talk and then they'd uh, and she got a little baby voice because she's also tiny and, and she's like a little doll and uh, and which is also then that says a lot more about me because i mean i do like petite with big tits i'm certainly a fan of that and i like a great ass i couldn't tell if she had that because of sweatpants um but i'm sure she was wearing a thong under there why would she wear a thong you stupid idiot god i gotta get laid that's the thing is i gotta rail somebody or something i gotta just you know because it's it's look it's easy to sit at your desk and run off a couple and then and have a burrito that's fine but i need i need human contact is what I need to do for fuck's sake um instead of sitting here telling you about how I wanted to rail my maid what the fuck is that and what kind of an example is that for Rory how terrible is that so she goes to split and uh and I you know I go to help her out and there's a couple of bags of garbage I go to I said I'll take the garbage and she goes well no no it's okay because I usually like I said I carry all of their stuff in and their their vacuum I don't like that because they're big bags of cleaning stuff and she goes okay we'll make you a deal we'll take our stuff to the car this time and you can take the garbage out because it's no sense for you to go both ways I said okay uh that's totally fine and and, uh she charges me a certain amount and then I always tip her like 20 bucks on top of that. So I count it out and I hand her that. And then I, hand, I get another 20 and I hand her that. And then I, I because I, I, I was going to do it anyway, but I felt it was a good thing to do. And I, so I gave her another 20 on top of that. And I said, for baby. Because uh, it was a nice way to, like I said, I wanted to, I'm, I'm helping around. She's helping me out. And, uh, you know, I did a really good job of cleaning my one-bedroom apartment. And also, I got to stare at her for fucking two hours as she walked around and her breasts swayed underneath a fucking Yola Tango shirt. And and all the whole time, I thought to myself, I will Yola your Tango, believe me. Or, I'll Yola your La Tango. Or maybe you could Yola my Tango. Uh, But they were pendulous and swaying. And even though they were full of dairy products, I could certainly think to myself that they weren't just that. And they were ready for fucking and uh, whatever the fuck else you want to do with them. But but I literally, I'm like, here's this. And then boom, boom for you and for baby. And then, and she was, you know, she blushed and she was very nice. And, and, uh, and at the same time in my head though, I went, are you doing this because you're for baby? Because I had planned on it anyway. But also after having filthy thoughts about her for two hours in my head, I thought, are you just... Like, just in case she was psychic, are you trying to buy her silence with an extra 20 spot? Is that what you're trying to do, man? You think that you're going to fucking tell it, totally throw her off if she somehow was a psychic? Because maybe, again, like I said, they were speaking a different language. Maybe they were both psychic and they're reading my horribly dirty thoughts and talking back and forth. Like, we got to get the fuck out of here and, and take our mops because I don't know what he's going to do with them. Or actually, if he, leave our mops. He's going to need them when we fucking leave. Um... But I said, for baby. And I gave her an extra boom boom. And she was just like, oh my God, it's so nice. Thank you. And blushed. And, uh... But again, like I said, was it because I'm a good person? Which I think it was because I had planned on doing it anyway. But also, was it me possibly hedging my bets and buying the silence in case I have a psychic maid? I don't know. 
I should put up a poll. I'll put up a poll on, on all social media and see what people think. Uh, and hopefully Rory learns a lesson from this. Take this, Rory. And when you go and grow older and, and, uh, and I, you know, I just love the idea of this kid listening to this being his first show. I don't even think I finished the Eddie Money thing. He's still Googling Eddie Money. He has no fucking idea who that is. Uh, but he, but he, the whole time in the car, he's just like, wow, is that you? That's so cool. Wow. You got a theme song. That's so cool. Wow. That's your voice. That's so cool. And now I just picture him listening to the show and going, Wow. You wanted to fuck your maid? That's not cool. You guys can get me Rory. You guys, Rory, this is, and this is the standard ending, Rory. You can go now if you want. You guys can get me at MikeAndMikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash The40YearOldBoy. You can find me at Twitter and follow me. Do, do that. Don't just find me. Follow me at Twitter.com slash The40YearOldBoy. And also, hey, this will be for Rory because it's young people's uh, ville. I'm on Snapchat, Rory. Get that. Fucking get that, man. I'll take some sneaky surreptitious shots of my maid swaying throughout my goddamn living room and post them to Snapchat next time she's here. No, I will not. Uh, however, if you want to find me at Instagram and Snapchat, I'm there. Mike40YOB. That's Mike40YOB. Check me out, ma. I got social media accounts bursting. Uh, so that's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's email, that's Snapchat, that's Instagram. That's all of them. I'm there. Ryan Dirks does all the website stuff for this show. He's the coolest. Find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Be his pal, be his friend. And you'll be hearing his name a lot more in the next few months as things are uh, afoot and the gears are circulating. Emails have been sent. Texts are about to be sent. Oh, my word. It's going to be amazing. Um... Giovanni Giorgio Peluso, super fan Gio, not super fan of me, certainly not after this week, but super fan of others. Uh, he's a guy that you want to reach out to because he's on Facebook, facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. He's the coolest guy, helps me out a lot. Uh, he built our YouTube channel, which exists. I'll tell you a little bit more about that on the other side. Will I? Maybe I won't. Uh, perhaps I will, but I don't need to go into it now. But anyway, Gio worked the hard work and he puts together the YouTube channel, maintains it. Every week he puts this audio up on there again so you have a full uh, Mike Schmidt library to go ahead and peruse and get through if you'd like. Uh, also go to his, find his website and he's got, uh, you know, the get it on podcast. He's got the, uh, outdoors FAQ podcast, I believe it's called. And he maintains all of the love line stuff for Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew Pinsky. And he's been on those shows with some sort of uh, regularity. He goes on Dr. Drew and bears his soul and then goes on Adam Carolla and bears other things. But please be friends with our main man, super fan Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. He's uh, he's got, believe me, he's another one who's got a fucking ton of work on his plate over the next four months. He doesn't know it yet. Cause I haven't talked to him. Well, we talked a little bit about it, but now I'm going to start uh, pinning him down instead of that wouldn't it be great yeah let's do that uh you know that thing where we're like hey let's put on a show man let's put up a barn and then uh everybody sits down and nobody does a fucking thing uh well i'm good at that so i need to go ahead and whip uh, a geo into shape so he he's by my side and he helps me out and he makes things happen that's what i need i need a guy to make things happen he's my main man like at the end of fucking velvet goldmine when fucking ewan mcgregor looks at goddamn jonathan reese myers he goes uh you know i lost my main man you could be my main man maybe geo's gonna be my main man and he will get it on in my apartment as we figure some things out. Uh, although he lives far away. But flying him in is not going to be a problem because I got that kind of dough. <laughs> Does that mean flying him in? That's how I do it, baby. I just pass. I get a little boom, boom here for baby, for a, for a plane ticket. I got all sorts of money flying in and out the goddamn door. Uh, so Giovanni Giorgio Peluso is at Facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. Be his friend. Tell him thank you. He's the best. David Hernandez is all of the stuff for this show, all the stuff, everything. He does it all. He does the music. He does the artwork, all that important stuff that everybody loves. Uh, you can find him at facebook.com slash David Hernandez and be his friend there. Please get him on board with you and your friendship and tell him you love him. 
Uh, tell him you'd actually, better yet, tell him you don't know how to love him. Hi. Uh, that's two weeks in a row, I think, for Yvonne Elliman to make an appearance here. Oh, who watched Jesus Christ Superstar the other night? I saw, I've seen a half hour of it, I think. Um, 35 minutes, maybe. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't want to fast forward through it. I can't wait to see Alice Cooper. I'm excited to see Alice Cooper be, uh, be, be King uh, Herod. I'll talk about this on the other side, too. Look at all the things we got to do on the other side. Stick around, Rory. I, didn't, I told you to leave. No way, pal. I forgot. There's a whole other world of talking on the other side of this uh, nonsense. But David Mex Hernandez is the coolest. Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. You can find him there. Also, go to artbydmh.com, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. He's there. He's painting things. He's sculpting things. He's, uh, he's making snow angels and taking a photo of it and signing it and pretending like it's art. He will do all of these things for you. You want him to make you into a meme? If you're willing to pay, he's willing to do it. If you go to artbydmh.com, you can find him there. He's got Valscapes. He's got Guy Cons. And he can do individual artwork of you. If you want to paint yourself as like a, a, a satyr, if you want to have yourself like... If you, if you think to yourself, you know what? I want to be a satyr fucking a maid. He's going to paint that for you. That's what he can do. It doesn't have to be filthy. If you want to paint yourself like holding hands with uh, Martin Luther King and Jesus, because Martin Luther King... Uh, it's a big week for him. <laughs> well, it was a big week for him. Not, uh, probably the biggest week. I won't lie. It was probably the biggest week for Martin Luther King this week. Um, so please, by all means, go ahead and hire our friend David to paint you in some fashion or sculpt you uh, or paint you like one of his French girls. He can do all of those things, but you got to find him first. And I'll tell you exactly where. You go to artbydmh.com. That's on the internet, folks. A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com dot com. You're listening to The 40-Year-Old Boy, and later, The Sheep's in the Meadow, My Cock's in Your Mom. Sir Basil Wilmington, thank you for seeing us. My name is Mike. My partner, Mex, is off working on the love theme from Shit Brigade. I am pleased to meet you. In this scene, you are buried under Shit Mountain. It has just collapsed, and you need your Shit Brigade to bring their Shit Brigade tools to extricate you from your shit coffin. So I'm covered in feces? Almost a mile's worth of feces. Am I alarmed? Of course, you were shocked. You told everyone Shit Mountain would stand forever, and now you need your Shit Brigade more than ever. I have prepared. I am ready. Anytime. Great Scott! No longer is around the corner where fudge is made. Tis time to call the Shit Brigade. Good Lord, that was amazing. I have more. Really? Yes. Darling Penelope, we are covered in colon butter. I loved it. I mean, that's terrific stuff. Thank you, Sir Basil. Do you... What, you have more? Yes. Indeed. Are you ready? Please. By the Queen's Corsage, it is a fudge dragon. Mud monkey. Chocolate grumpy. Ass cracker dooby. A sphincter mouse. Gangster dump. Buckingham shit log. Shit's Krieg. A limey loaf. Pinched one Churchill. A double decker is rolling through Shittadilly Circus. Oh Thank my you. God. Thank Sir, you. Sir, Sir, Basil Wil- Sir Basil Wilmington, you are our Captain Isaac Scat. Want to remind you folks about nothing. <laughs> I always, you know, it's in my brain all the time when I start this segment. I want to remind you folks about something, and then there's nothing to remind you of. Uh, well, sponsors. You know what? I'll tell you that. I'll remind you we've got sponsors, so many sponsors, plenty of sponsors, including our friend at the Mitten, Jerome, with his getthebutters.com. You can go ahead over there and use the code 40YOB, 4, I was going to say 40YOB, 40 
Y-O-B. Use that code and you can save on butters and balms and lubes and bombs and masks and loofahs and scrubs and beard oil and all sorts of nonsense that he's got over there. And, you know, I told you I'm looking for a scrub. Perhaps, Jerome, you can make a scrub with a lot of crunchy shit in there, like throwing some fucking gravel from the driveway or anything, because, again, i got to scrape off the old. So, please, FrequentGetTheButters.com. Use the code 40YOB. Buy all sorts of cool-ass stuff. We get uh, some money off of that, and then Jerome gets to sell his products that he's sitting in a log cabin right now in the mint, because it is still fucking snowing in the Midwest, which I don't get. In the East Coast, or I should say on the East Coast, and in the Midwest, it is still snowing, uh, and it's going to rain here in LA this weekend, and I know the weather is boring to talk about, but holy fuck, can you believe it's snowing? I mean, if you're living there, it's got to suck. I have friends who send me stuff on Snapchat, and they're, and they're just like, dude, look at this. It's fucking April, and I'm laughing, because I mean, it, you know, it's still 65, 70 here, so I was 80 last week. Oh my God, it was great. It was so warm. It was so hot. I took my shirt off. I ran around outside. A lot of that isn't true, but it was still 80 degrees <laughs> here in LA, so, uh, so hopefully the sun comes out and visits you guys, and you can lose the snow, but still... That doesn't mean that our friend Jerome isn't going to be working hard at GetTheButters.com even when the sun comes out. I mean, sure, in the snow, he's locked into his log cabin, avoiding cougars and bears and all sorts of other fucking animals as he goes ahead and churns up some beard oil in a Dutch oven on top of a stovetop somewhere. And even in the summer when it comes out, he'll just move outside. That's where he puts out all his real hard work. He makes me a scrub using some pine cones. He crunches those up at a kid's wading pool and throws in some vegetable oil. There you go. Boom. Facial scrub. Uh, And you can get that by using the code 40YOB over there at GetTheButters.com. Please visit our friend Jerome. He's the best. And also, folks, you know, we get sponsored on this show from time to time by another podcast. Uh, that's the uh, the Paranoid Strain, hosted by Fearful Jesuit, who I went and visited last week at his place, his abode, at his compound. Uh, and he's got the new show. It's episode 7 out now this week. I forget. Uh, it deals with false flags. I don't know if he ever has a title for it, but I know it deals with false flags. And dudes, listen to me. It's the kind of show that when you listen to it, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be angry. You're going to be just so, I don't know how he does it. I mean, he's good at what he does. He's great at what he fucking does. He puts it together, but just the subject matter alone would make me want to drive my head right through a fucking wall as in listening to it. I did just getting frustrated going, no, no, just getting so mad at the fucking world. Um, and it's funny because he, he's dispassionate. He's just kind of a, a guy who's bringing you a recitation of facts and telling you about what's going on. However, uh, finally, near the end of the show, he he unleashed and said some things that were uh, that I needed. I needed the catharsis of him actually getting fucking mad. Um, because, again, episode seven is about false flags. And look, you, you learn all sorts of stuff here. You learn about the Trojan horse. Uh, you learn about the origin of true colors, with from, uh, the, which is a phrase that uh, from pirates. And do you think Cindy Lauper is involved in that? Perhaps she is. Perhaps she isn't. But I think you should listen and find out. Uh, you know why? Because you're beautiful, like a rainbow. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, you learn about the Mountain Meadows Massacre. You learn about Stalin and Finland. Uh, you, lear- you learn this phrase. This is important. Stiffed by a wiener. That's going to come up at some point. Uh, but this is, again, it's the Paranoid Strain in iTunes. Go ahead and download it, please. Check it out. It's about false flags. It gets to the heart of the matter with a lot of bullshit that's going on on the internet and everywhere else these days. You can get that on, uh, let's see, oh yeah, iTunes and all over the place, wherever podcasts are uh, sold or downloaded. Please grab it. It's very important. And also, when you grab it, A, give it a listen because you're going to fucking love it. And then, B, review it in the iTunes store and mention that we told you to do so because, you know what, that always makes the, parif- uh, the I was going to say the paranoid Jesuit, the fearful Jesuit. It could be a paranoid Jesuit. I have no idea. That allows fearful Jesuit to know that this is working and you are listening and we are getting people on board. So if you mention to him that you heard the show because of me, like I said, you can either review it in the iTunes store, which is great, or you can actually write the show specifically. Once you listen, he gives you the address on the air. I think it's paranoidstrain at gmail.com. I don't know off the top of my head. But I 
I don't want to confuse you guys. I already give my addresses, then I've given his addresses. Fuck all that. And also, remember that Paranoid Strain has a YouTube channel that they want you to go ahead and visit and check out and be a member of because, again, he wants to get his own personalized URL, which is very important, which I think might be stiffed by a wiener. It might be YouTube slash stiffed by a wiener. I'm not sure. Uh, you'll learn about Project Artichoke. And, uh, you know, you're going to think to yourself, well, what could the fuck could Project Artichoke be with the uh, CIA? Well, I can tell you this. It involves Keith Richards. That's all I'm going to mention. That's all I'm going to say to you. When you hear it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, th- and this, it's funny. Remember when I said you're going to throw yourself out of it and you're going to be so fucking mad listening to it because he just deals with facts that you don't want to fucking hear about? Uh, at one point, honestly, the woman, <laughs> I, I don't remember her name. I don't want to be that guy. But uh, he has a woman who, whose voice is, is lent to the show. And uh, finally, at one point, she just goes, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Fuck this. Like she, she, even she is tired of hearing all the garbage from, uh, from all the people that are running false flags. And uh, Keith Bennett, I think was the guy's name. It's just, uh, he's like the polar opposite of another guy who is a main focus of the show. And I'll tell you all about him right now. Uh, It's a guy named Alex Jones. Do you know Alex Jones? Well, the show opens this uh, particular episode seven of the Paranoid Strain uh, with an Alex Jones uh, soundbite, but it's not really Alex Jones. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll let you listen to it. Just go ahead and download the show and listen. And it, fuck, it's me. I'll just tell you, it's me doing my best Alex Jones uh, with a script written by uh, Fearful Jesuit, and I, I did the best I could to it. I tried to bring it to life, but I'll tell you this: one fucking take. How about that, folks? When you go and listen to it, just go. I Mike got the script, and then he fucking did one take of this, and that that made the show. I'm very excited because I did the one take, and I listened. I'm like, should I do a second for safety? And when I listened back to it, I go, fuck no, that's fucking badass. And I sent it to him, hoping he would like it, and he was on board. So, uh, and and the the episode is fascinating. Again, false flag. It's. It will frustrate the shit out of you because you just hear, again, all the people on the internet lying and telling sorts of fucking bullshit stories. And here's another thing I learned, by the way, listening to the show, and this made me laugh. He deals with it with this weird, like, he just throws it away. Like, he doesn't, because ex- I, I would talk about it for months, but he literally mentions the official magazine of ISIS. And, uh, I mean, you got to think ISIS would be allocating their funding in a different direction, right? Don't they know that print is dead? And you know why print is dead? Because ISIS fucking suicide bombed it. That's why with their official magazine. But if there's really an official magazine of ISIS, who subscribes? I mean, I, I some dickwad out there, I don't know who the fuck you are, but you subscribe me to Out Magazine or The Advocate, and it comes to my house every month. And, and I mean, this has happened for three fucking years. I'm getting The Advocate delivered to my house. And that thing, I talked about it on here, might, maybe even longer than three years, because I talked about it with Lily. It comes in mylar. It comes in foil, and then it's wrapped in like cardboard and plastic wrap because they don't want to out you to your neighbors, which I totally get. Dude, what do they wrap the official magazine of ISIS in? Got to be a suicide belt, right? Just got to be a bomb belt, a bandolero. What the fuck could it possibly be? Uh, but it's out there, man. The official magazine of ISIS. I learned that on the Fall Flag episode of The Paranoid Strain, hosted by our friend Fearful Jesuit, available now on iTunes. Download it. Write a review of it in the iTunes store. Write our friend Fearful Jesuit and tell him how much you love it, please, because uh, it'll let him know that advertising on the show is a good idea. Please do that. Do all those things. Uh, I mentioned his YouTube channel. Let's talk about my YouTube channel, which is out there now, lurking and doing good things. Again, all of these shows are available on there. There's other films, which you may have seen if you're already a member. If you go ahead and subscribe, that's great. Um, I have plans for other things coming in the future we want to do them and I know I keep saying that but it's just uh, it's you know between doing this show and then going out and driving and doing whatever and uh, but I want to do more live streams I want to talk to you guys I want to do Facebook in fact uh, I will tell you this I'm going to be doing a live stream at some point this weekend I'm just fucking doing it because I've been waiting to tell you uh, some show dates some tour dates because I'm going to be out in another city um, and I've been waiting because I'm trying to get information <laughs> and I think I'll have it by the weekend but if I don't fuck it I'll just go ahead and do a stream either on YouTube or, or somewhere and 
and you guys will join me and you'll hear all about a city I'm going to be in and that'll be great. Um, I want to say a special thank you to uh, our friends Matt and Jeff. I don't want to say their last names in case they don't want them on the show. Perhaps they do. They can write me later. Um, but it was Matt's birthday, so Jeff wanted. I was. The, it was the first cameo I ever did. If you go to that, get that cameo app. I think I told you about. You can download the cameo app and get it on your phone, and then you can uh, pick me to. Tell somebody happy birthday or tell them to fuck off or tell them how much you love them or, or just or read them a sonnet or something. Read them a poem. But that's available now on the Cameo app. You can actually, if you go to, if you just Google it, like it's like Cameo shoutouts or something like that, you'll find it. Uh, but the app is important. You get it on your phone. You can choose it. And then uh, I didn't know how the fuck to do it, man. I, you know, Matt want, And Matt wanted me to do it by uh, Jeff's birthday on, in April. Or no, Jeff wanted me to do it for Matt. Jeff wanted me to do it for Matt's birthday in April. So when I got the order, it was, you know, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. And so I waited on it. I sat and waited because I didn't want to do it until it was time for his birthday. So then fucking my phone kept going. You have, uh, you know, a request from a customer. Get to it. Like, I mean, Cameo is not gentle. They're not like, hey, you know, you might want to go ahead. No, they're like, get to it. Come on, man. What are you doing? What the fuck's wrong with you? Uh, And then finally, last week, they sent me one and it said, hey, you're this expires in like five hours. So if you don't do it, you know, nothing's nothing. And so I'm like, fucking five. Are you kidding me? I so then I didn't know if I could do it in five for five, you know, in now and then store it for two weeks and then give it to him on his birthday because I don't know how the fuck Cameo works. All I know is I rant into a fucking phone. That's the only thing I can do. So I filmed it in my house and I tried to post it It's and it gave me two choices and I hit, I think it's on my, it might be on my public page. I hope it's not, but I, I don't know. I haven't, <laughs> here's how much I care about it. I haven't gone and checked because I wasn't, I didn't want to talk about it or jink it because I didn't know if Jeff was going to tell Matt about it. But then Matt wrote me and said, dude, I fucking loved it. So I'm very happy about that. Thank you, Jeff, for choosing me. Thank you, Matt, for liking it. Uh, but Cameo, the app, put it on your phone. And if you want me to send you a message or send a message to somebody you know and you love or somebody you fucking hate, I don't care. Pick me. And, and I'll be the guy because it's like, it's either me or I, I think Rampage Jackson or a Los Angeles Clipper or thousands of YouTube comedians. Again, three words that should not be together in any sort of sentence, but they're there. YouTube comedians, they're available. So use the Cameo app to order me to do something like that. Um... Please remember that we got the Patreon page. If you want to sign up for the Patreon page, I would really appreciate that. And uh, is there stuff coming? There is. As I've mentioned, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, well, the thing, uh, as I'm closing the show here, I'll tell you, you know, I'm going to be on, in Cincinnati. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But if you're a $10 or over donor to Patreon, uh, write me and I'll put you on the list and you'll get in free to the Cincinnati show, man. That's it. You're just coming in. And do I have plans to stream some live shows for people in, in on Patreon? I do in the future. As I've mentioned, I've got some other dates coming up this summer for sure. And, uh, and I want to try experimenting. I want to try streaming live shows. Maybe I'll, I'll stream some open mic stuff. Who the fuck knows? But I want to start using the video capabilities. I want to do all these things. And I know it sounds like I'm giving myself a pep talk through you guys. Perhaps that's the truth. Uh, but in reality, I just want to tell you that it's, I, these are all at my disposal and it seems like a lot of things swirling around, but I want to try to harness them and use them as best I can. So please, if you want to join the Patreon page, that would be great. We've got all sorts of different levels with all sorts of different rewards. Uh, and you know, I, I said, I do chats, I do individual podcasts. I I'm paying attention. I will be there and doing that. Uh, but your Patreon now supports me doing this show and, and doing cool things. And I appreciate it very much. Thank you. And uh, if you want to join the Patreon page, it's, uh, you know, Patreon. I think it's Mike40YLB or just go Google Mike Schmidt Patreon and it'll come up and you sign up to be a Patreon. Uh, and let's thank our friend Greg Hazard, who just bumped his thing from 15 to $20 a month. You're the best, Greg Hazard. Thank you, dude. Uh, and uh, everybody else who wants to sign up, please do that. And maybe, I'll, like I said, I would mention people on the show. Um, well, we haven't had a lot of new people in the last few months. So there you go. <laughs> but Greg Hazard comes through, kicks in an extra five spot, an extra fin, so I can mention his name on the goddamn show. So please become a Patreon subscriber. Find me on Cameo. All these other reasons I can use to try to fool you into giving me money. I can do it. 
Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the Joe Business page as we're talking about money. I've got stuff there for sale. Uh, hey, KC, one of the KCs out there. I've got two KCs who listen to this show. KC wanted the last shirt. I have a small, and it's he's like, hey, man, I'll take that. Uh, hey, KC, it's still in my house uh, because I forgot about that. Uh, your text got buried and then all of a sudden, you know what? I remembered it cause I was sorting, I was doing laundry and then, uh, I, I had a, that shirt was folded in my hutch. I have a hutch where I keep all of uh, my stuff and I pulled it out and I was like, fuck, I got to send this to KC. That was just literally yesterday. So it will go out. It's going to go out by the end of the week, but I will get you that shirt KC and you'll have that small for your dog or whomever you want it for. I'm not sure who, but it's coming. It's going to be on the way. Um, and then, you know, no shirts, but we have download sets. We've got the A of the CD. We've got the live downloads. All that stuff's over there at the Joe Business page. For the time being, that's going to be changing the next couple of months. I'm warning you of that now. If you want to get stuff, uh, get it now. But if you don't, that's totally fine, too, because nobody wants to at this point. But go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the Joe Business page. Like I said, there's our stuff that we have for sale. But most importantly, there's the Amazon link that you can use. The Amazon link really helps this show. Thank you so much for anybody who's ever thought about using it or used it. But actually, you know what? I'm going to thank the people who used it. And then the people who thought about using it, you go solidly into second place behind the people who did actually fucking use the thing. Uh, but the Amazon.com uh, link is is there to use. Use the 40-year-old boy link. Go through. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly for everybody involved. And, and you're, you're, look, you're going to... You're at Amazon anyway, you know, at least for the time being, because right now Trump is fucking with Amazon and I don't know what the fuck he's doing that for. Because it's like, dude, this is keeping me in business. Don't fucking think you're about going in there. And because I tell you what, even you guys using the link is great. But also, I, you know, I buy stuff on Amazon all the fucking time. My last two orders have been fucked with and they've they've totally given me refunds. I bought uh, I bought one thing and they replaced it immediately because it never arrived, even though it said it was delivered. And then I bought a quilt and I washed the quilt one time and it tore in the washing machine. I mean, I had to go to a fucking laundromat. Can you imagine me schlepping out to a fucking laundromat these days? But it was too big for the washing machines at my house. So I, instead, I brought it to a laundromat close by my house. I washed it. And when I took it out of the dryer, it had a fucking tear in it. And I'm like, dudes, what the fuck? So I, I tried to contact the company who made the quilt. And I literally got like a Russian email back. We no make quilts. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, it, it's, I bought it off Amazon. It said right there. They didn't answer that. I put feedback on the product on Amazon. It never got answered. So uh, I waited finally a month, and I didn't hear from anybody. So just before the month expired, I wrote Amazon. I said, look, this is torn. I've got photos, all this. And they just went, okay, great. Well, we'll just give you a refund. Like, they totally refunded it. They didn't ask for the quilt back. Even, and I, look, it's torn. I don't know how the fuck anybody would want it back. But they they stepped right the fuck up and gave me a refund. They didn't even think too twice. I And... And so I, you know, I like Amazon. I know I'm supposed to be boycotting it. I know I'm supposed to be angry at it. I know I'm, I, it, they, they have drones and they treat their workers terribly, I suppose. And maybe it makes me selfish. But until Amazon starts selling black people, I think I'm going to use their services. That's just how I'm going to do it. I mean, I, I just, I, that's the way it works. It's just right now they're destroying everybody else. And that's where I get my stuff. They take care of the refunds. They do everything really quickly. And you know what? Honestly, Trump hates them. So fuck him. I'll give them all the fucking money I have. I'll give Jeff. I don't give a fuck how rich Jeff Bezos gets. I'll, I'll, I want him to be the fucking four times as rich as Trump, 10 times as rich as Trump. Let him be fucking rich. Just so he can last. Buy, he should buy all the fucking newspapers and write shitty shit about Trump. Uh, shitty shit. That's how it works. Shitty, shitty, bang, bang. Go ahead and write that about Trump. But uh, so we use the Amazon link. So once Trump starts fucking shitting on it, I'm like, you cunt. Like, why? Why? Leave me alone. All right. This is they get money. We get money. You get stuff. That's how does that how does that anger you, Trump? Uh, but he's coming after them. So if anything, go ahead and support it for that fucking reason. Right. Just to fucking throw it in his goddamn fat orange face and uh, to make me happy in my fat orange face. 
And, uh, and also just because they refunded the quilt money. They, that's that's another reason just to fucking help them out. Uh, so please go to the Joe uh, Business uh, page. <laughs> Good Lord, why am I stammering? At the website and use the Amazon link. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It's a perfect arrangement. And as I mentioned, I'm going to be in Cincinnati, folks. July 7th, 2018. Thank you to Matthew Henshaw for stepping up and getting some tickets. Uh, some other friends, JD, I think, bought a ticket. And uh, Rob bought a ticket. Thank you. Uh, and we've got a few months, but still, it would be nice if you guys bought tickets so I knew that going to Cincinnati wasn't going to be a fucking horrible disappointment. Uh, it won't be. I'm going anyway because I'm going to run a fucking Spartan sprint. And I'm going for the whole deal. So anyway, Liberty Exhibition Hall. Cincinnati, Saturday, July 7th, 2018. Tickets on sale now at Brown Paper Tickets. There's a link available through the Facebook page, and I'm going to start in earnest promoting on Twitter, promoting on Instagram, all these different things to try to hustle people up and get them to notice and see. Because I know that, look, I know for a fact I've got people from Cincinnati on Facebook, but they don't see the algorithm or whatever the fuck. So I've got to work extra hard to try to get people into the room that night. But uh, if you're hearing this, please buy a ticket and come on out and check it out. And uh, it's close enough to some people in Kentucky. It's close enough to some people uh, in other cities, uh, other people in Ohio. Oh, Anne, our friend Anne, who who saw me in Cleveland, she's like, I can't wait to see you again in this. So it's going to be fantastic, man. I'm really looking forward to coming to Cincinnati and doing a show. Uh, will I be bent over like a gnome? Perhaps, because we're running that fucking Spartan sprint in the morning. But that's all right. I'll get a nap and I'll be fucking fine. And I'll come in and do two hours worth of a fucking show. By two hours, I mean 20 minutes. I'll probably do a 20-minute show and then I'll fucking keel over. But who cares? Liberty Exhibition Hall. Uh, although, you know what? I think I'm saying the wrong thing because I, I, I was promoting this last week. This is terrible. And uh, our good friend, Col- uh, Colette, told me, she's like, hey, man, you're telling people the wrong joint. And I'm like, really? So because it's uh, hold on. And now I'm trying to dig it. I'm, now I'm trying to look it up like an idiot. Hold tight. We're scrolling. We're looking. We're on this page. There's that page. I'm on Facebook and I'm scrolling on a podcast because I'm the best because I'm always prepared when I do the show because it just don't. Oh, here we go. The Clifton Performance Theater. We're not at the Liberty Exhibition Hall. Let me double check this. Yes. Uh, you could actually use the code, not the code, but this is the, this is the address. Swear to God, I made this address. QueenCitySchmitty.BrownPaperTickets.com. That's Q-U-E-E-N-C-I-T-Y-S-C-H-M-I-T-T-Y.BrownPaperTickets.com. QueenCitySchmitty.BrownPaperTickets.com. Tickets are available for live bees in the Queen City. That's me, Mike Schmidt, at the Clifton Performance Theater, Saturday night, July 7, 2018. Tickets are 20 bucks. unless you're a Patreon person who subscribes for $10 a month. Uh, in which case you will get in free to that show. I will put you on the list and you can come in and have a good time. And I think the capacity, it's only like a 70 seat theater or something, but there is some standing room. Uh, I would love to get close to that number, but if I, you know, who cares? Just come on out to the show, buy tickets, come out and, and we'll go out afterwards. We'll hang out. We'll have a great time. And I'm going to be in Cincinnati the whole fucking week. Like I said, I think I'm getting to town on the fourth. I'm going to a Reds game that night. Uh, and I'll be around to do other things during the week. Who knows what Colette has planned. And then I'll be going to the, uh, the Spartan sprint on Saturday. I'll be doing the show on Saturday night. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited to go to Cincinnati. I'm collecting, look, I'm collecting ballparks. Again, you know that. I've never been to Cincinnati, so I'm going to go to their ballpark. It's going to be fun because baseball's back and baseball's fucking amazing, right, folks? How great is baseball? I'm so fucking excited. And uh, it's that thing where they're going to trick me into buying the fucking baseball package again because I love it so much. And yet, uh, I can't. I shouldn't. I, I won't because I'm not around to watch it. But then I'll fucking sit in my house and watch it and I waste time and because I want to watch the Phillies. But I'll tell you what, now the Phillies are one and fucking three and I, I don't know if I can watch them. That's the problem. I don't know if I can check them out for fuck's sake because the Phillies are one and three at this point and their manager who I was so excited for a guy named Gabe Kapler and look it's a long season you don't fucking write a team off after one and three on a 162 game season 
But when you lose games the way they've lost, when he brings in a pitcher that's not warmed up, and then he brings in an infielder to throw a fucking... I mean, literally, they brought in a position... But I, dude, it's a fucking mess. The Phillies are a mess right now. I And I am fully confident that they'll fucking shake out of it and, and make it happen. Uh, but right now, dudes, I don't know what the fuck's that. That's why I'm going to Cincinnati. Because maybe I'm... You know what? Maybe I'm doing a ballpark tour because I'm trying to find another team. I'm going to go ahead and scoop up another team to be my favorite team. There's, a, you know, the Chicago teams. There's Cincinnati. I'm going to Arizona for a game. Maybe Seattle. All these different other places where I might head uh, over to check it out. And uh, and because I'm a free agent. You know, impress me, motherfuckers. Send your manager or send somebody else to fucking call me up and go, hey, man, we want you supporting our fucking team. You can talk about it on the podcast all you want. Now, I know. I got to tell you, it's going to fucking fail because I'm a Phillies fan through and through. Even with Gabe Kapler making some res- ridiculous decisions. Because... Um, Gabe Kapler is a guy that Philadelphia is killing right now. He's this young guy who's the manager of the Phillies. But also, just Google Gabe Kapler, and and you'll see why they hate him. Uh, because the guy's got a fucking eight pack. The guy's like really like kind of sexy and bald and like good looking. And he also he had a blog and he told people <laughs> this is totally true. He's like you should use coconut oil like to you know for uh, food and recipes. And it's also a good lubricant. This is a manager of a major league baseball team who a year ago was telling people to jerk off with coconut oil. And uh, and the Phillies hired him. They said, yeah, you know, that's the guy we want in the clubhouse. we got a lot of young, impressionable men around here. who are. And look, I can't blame anybody for standing down and going, well, fuck, that coconut oil is a weird thing. Okay? But that's your fucking problem. Because all Gabe Kapler is doing is solving fucking situations. Because these are baseball players. How many of these guys are jerking off with pine tar? Yeah, right? I mean, you've got to be... Those guys are fucking... They're choking up on the bat. They got the fucking pine tar out, and they're trying to stroke it off with that. Dude, coconut oil, it's smooth. It works perfectly. And afterwards, you can make a lovely pork chop in it. At least that's what I heard. I don't know if pork chops. I don't know if Gabe Kapler's told me to eat fucking pork chops. Again, he's also a Jewish dude. Why would I, Why would pork chops be the thing that came to my mind? Maybe he's telling me to make a matzah. Maybe a coconut oil matzah. Maybe I can make See you. 